Okay, I'll uh, call the regular meeting of the Peace River Town Council for Monday, December the 7th, 2015, order. Uh, let the record show that the meeting started at five minutes after 5 p.m. Uh, we have, uh, councillors should have in front of them the, uh, an agenda. And uh, there is an addition uh, under in-camera, and that'll be a legal item. Are there any other additions that councillors want to put on? Or uh, perhaps are there items that they wish to delete? <laughs> I'll make a motion, Your Worship, to uh, accept the agenda as amended. Okay, all in favor of Councillor Benke's motion? Passed. Um, <clears throat> you should have in, uh, in your agenda package, there should have been minutes of the November 23rd regular meeting of council. Are there any required changes there or clarifications? I'll make a motion to accept the minutes as presented. For November 23rd, yes. 2015. All in favor? Uh, there's also a set of minutes from the November 25th, 2015 Governance and Priorities Committee meeting. And that, uh, that should be fairly straightforward. So are there any changes needed there? Is there anyone who wishes to make a motion except the minutes as written? Your Worship, I would put a motion on the floor to accept the November 25th uh, Governance and Priorities Minutes uh, as presented. All in favor of Councillor Needham's motion? Passed. Uh, Mr. Parker, are there any public hearings? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, we have uh, one presentation, and this will be from the Peace River Navigators Hockey Club. And uh, I'll invite them forward. Your Worship, I'm just going to excuse myself for the presentation. Okay, very good. If you can turn the microphone on, and uh, Mr. Hurdle, if you and your colleagues, because I don't know Craig and, and Mike from I'll, I'll, Adam. Yeah. Okay. So, Your Worship, uh, today, on behalf of the North Peace Navigators, we're here regarding a request for support of an application for a grant. Uh, today with me, uh, as you all know, Bill Hurdle. He's uh, the team treasurer. And uh, Craig Fox is our new head coach, GM. And my name's Mike Fosty. I'm a director, assistant coach, assistant GM. You assistant. name it. <laughs> assistant, you... Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been with the organization for 11 years now. Craig, like I said, is, is new this year. We are unfortunate we lost Darcy Hogan uh, to a higher class league over in Saskatchewan. So, you know, we're kind of starting fresh with a new face and trying to make things, things happen as we have in the past. Um, as you know, we're applying for a grant uh, in the amount of 16600 uh, Bill had submitted the grant application uh, to cover the cost of signage at the arena. We get invoiced for sign space rental uh, on a yearly basis now. Um, 
last year, uh, I believe you're all here except for Chris, uh, Darcy made a presentation regarding the economic impact of our hockey club uh, within, this, the, within the town. Um, nothing's really changed about that economic impact. We still have kids that come from out of town to play. Their parents come to watch. So they have to have some place to stay. So the ho hotels, they have to eat, gas, that sort of stuff. We pay, uh, or the kids pay uh, billeting fees for staying at the houses. So they've got to, you know, those, those houses where those kids are staying, they have to bring in extra food, so the grocery stores. So the economic impact has not changed regarding our hockey club. What has, uh, the on-ice product, uh, I don't know if, if many of you follow us, but uh, right now we sit in second place within our league. We just came off a 15-game win streak. Unfortunately, we lost on Saturday, but uh, it's just one of those things that happens. And uh, But right now, the on-ice product is, is a pretty good product. Uh, we're, we're farther ahead than where we expected to be at this time, uh, you know, with with the, with a change in, in the head coach and bringing in, in people. Uh, again, we we had a big turnover this year. We only have seven returning players, so. Your uh, Worship, could you have the uh, presenter speak up and a little clearer, please? Sorry, Oren. <laughs> so this year we've, we've, you know, we've had a big turnover in hockey players, but uh, the on-ice product is still uh, as good as it has been in the past. Uh, we are getting fan support. You know, we, we do notice that at the gate. Um, the off-ice product, uh, we are still trying to support the schools by handing out tickets. We can't hand out as many tickets this year because of the economic impact that uh, sponsorship has had this year. Our sponsorship is down 40% just because of the economic impact of the oil field and companies not you know, coming coming through because of, of uh, where everybody stands. So that is is something that we are really trying to deal with. Uh, as you, uh, I don't know if you have the application in front of you. Right now, with if we do get the grant, we're still projecting a, a deficit for our hockey team. We are working on other methods of, of trying to raise funds. We have old jerseys that we're going to try to sell squares on we are or we've got a, a lottery ticket there we've got tickets we're selling on uh, through a lottery license on uh, on a two tickets and parking pass to an Oilers game their premium tickets plus a $500 second prize that will be drawn on November 19th so or pardon me December 19th so, I mean, we are looking at other ways to, to raise funds to, to help us get to where we need to be. But this, uh, this the sign application will, if we don't get it, we're going to be in big trouble. And, and I know if we don't have some place for these kids to play, they're going to go elsewhere. They're going to take their, their, you know, their talents other places. Uh, that's, that's an economic loss to within our community. It's an economic loss to the to Peace River Minor Hockey who run the food booth during our games, and we know they do fairly well off of those food booths. So 
uh, you know, we're asking for your help to help us continue to, to be the team that we are and and be the face of, of Peace River when it comes to the hockey community within the Junior B. One thing I'd like to mention is last year we, we won the championship. We were the top team in the league. We went to provincials. Unfortunately, we lost the gold medal game, uh, three to one to Edmonton. You know, so we are well known throughout the Junior B community, with especially within our province, of the type of product that we do put on the ice. Um, so I, I don't know what else more I can say or or ask for here, but that, you know, it, the, so if you have any questions. Councillors have any questions? Now's the time to ask. So the signage um, that uh, you've brought in this year, can you say what that is? Or I'm not sure what our signage is this year. I believe it is down. We've had to take some signs down, Elaine. Um, give me a second here. Put some glasses on. Sorry. Last, last year we brought in sponsorships and signage. We don't always break it out because some of the sponsorship includes signage. So we brought in $181,000 last year in sponsorship. Uh, this year so far we're only at $75,000. So you know, still some money to come in, but it's, it's down substantially. A lot of the packages are built in with the board signage, so a gold, plat, gold sponsor will get So how many uh, players do you have this year? Right now we have 21 players within our organization. Yeah. We, we leave, uh, you got to understand junior hockey, um, there's a cut down date called, the, the first cut down date's December 1st. So you have to be at a maximum of 25 players. But we leave cards open because there is kids that come available that you know we can look at and possibly bring in to up our, up our registration to that number and then again on January 10th there's another cut down date which you have to be down to 23 cards so after January 10th we run you know maximum 23 players and then we also affiliate players from the from the midget team here the Royals and uh, also we've got an affiliate from White Court that comes up to play with us so and of those 21 players um, how many would be um not Peace River region. Not Peace River region. I believe seven of those. I believe seven are, are not from the local, what you would call Peace River. We call the Peace Re region would be High Prairie, Folaire, Grimshaw, Manning, Lacrete, and then, you know. So how many need billets? Uh, eight. Go ahead, Mr. Um, Ford. I, I'm having a very hard time hearing here, but just in regards to the 
I know that they there's specific pricing for certain signs, whether it's a board sign, whether it's a sign on a wall or a sign on a step. So for this year's sponsorship, even though the sponsorship is down, do you have any numbers on what sponsors you have that have purchased signage from you this year? Sean, I would have that, but we don't have the exact, exact information. I mean, last year there was 48 dasher signs, and then there was 10 wall advertising signs, and and then there was a bunch of steps and so on. But um, yeah, but the uh, and you know, like if we're down 40 percent, then you can probably take 40 percent off of that. So. Seeing that there's a, a pause in the discussion here, so perhaps talk to me about uh, you use the word kids. Well, I, I think the overage players is 22, so I'm not sure I'd use the word kids to describe these things. The overage is 21, Colin. Uh, we do. I'm sorry, the bottom end. Bottom end, 16, 17. 16, 17. Yeah, but you don't you don't have many you no. don't have many kids out no, there most with cages of them are, on their face. Yeah, most of them are 18 to 21. Yeah, okay, but so, to me, they're still kids. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so 181,000 another year, 75,000 this year. Uh, so a loss in revenue, obviously. And so I guess where what I was driving to is, so it, is the market, is Peace River lost its market? I mean, obviously those sponsors don't have the confidence to put money in. So... Um, you seem to suggest this is a Hail Mary pass. It's $16,000 or we're going to close the door. So no, just I'm, talk a little bit more not, about that. I'm not suggesting, Colin, that it is a Hail Mary pass. It's it's uh, definitely the economic impact. I think everybody sees it within our community, no matter where you go, what you do around here. Uh, uh, I see it from where I work. Uh, you know, I... We're sitting very idle as a company right now with very little work coming in for the winter. Uh, I know other companies that uh, have sponsored in the, you know, in the past are in the same boat. Um, you know, the, the oil sands shell shutting down out there has hurt uh, companies that sponsor us because they, they've always had work or they've had work out there to do. Um, you know, some of, some of our sponsors, we've lost four, five platinum sponsors this year at $6,000 a sponsor. That's, that's a big, big loss to us. Um, and then the, the smaller sponsors that are backing out because they're, that's what I was trying to drive to. Is it so it, never mind what the taxpayers are being asked for. What, what just set that question aside for a minute. So. At, at what point do you decide that the market is not here to, you know, again, you're describing <laughs> a very glum, a glum economy, and at what point do we go back 10 years and we don't have the, 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 the NAV team anymore? Is that, you know, what, what is, you know, it's, 
Well, let me ask it another way. What what's White Court doing? Are they going through the same kinds of things? Is this, this going to White serve? Court plays in a totally different league? Okay, it's they, fair, they're, okay, they're playing. They're playing. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about Fairview then. Fairview, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know where they're at uh, for sponsorship. I we do not see their books. We don't see any of the team other teams within our league's books. Right. Um, you know. And again, just seeing that you sort of opened the topic of books, so we, you know, I, I, I don't know what your financials are, and I, I guess they're, they're not my business, but I don't know, I don't know what your big expenditures are, uh, you know, salary-wise, player-wise, uh, diesel-fuel-wise, but all of those things are things that your group manages on a basis of, of, Available funds, I presume. You don't, you, you, you know, I, yes. I don't know who, who's the controller of that. Is it Mr. Hurdle? That would be me, yeah. It's Mr. Hurdle and, and, and Mr. Cooper. Uh, yeah. They've asked us to uh, cut back our expenditures by minimum 40% this year, and that's what we're trying to do. But there's hard costs that we can't cut back on. Uh, things such as, as transportation, our busing, yeah, no, I, I you know, that's, we, Trans we pay, transportation is what it, is. it is what it is, the ice costs, the ice costs are, are, they are what they are, we, you know, you know, it is, we get the bill every month, and, yeah, you know, we could cut the player boarding costs, but then you probably wouldn't you wouldn't, have an on-ice product, like, like we, the, so. you know, we, we try to, Keep the local kids local. I mean, we have had, there is kids that played on the Royals last year that moved on. Some went to the Kootenays. Some are in Grand Prairie. Some are in, in uh, Fairview. Some are in Sexsmith. And that's just because they've moved on in their life. They've moved away to go to work. Or, or some of the kids that were playing with the Royals didn't, li didn't live here. They came from Valley View or they came from Fairview. So they've gone back, you know, to Fairview and the, the, the young man that played from Valley View has gone over to Grand Prairie. So, I mean, you've got to fight for for to get these players, and you know, if you don't have <coughs> something to help them or give them to 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 entice them to come here, like a, like a hockey team, then they're they're not even going to come for the Royals to to help them out because they won't be able to move on, move up in you know into the next level. So you have here, Mr. Hurdle, last year's presentation to council by Darcy Ogan, uh, and that was the economic spin-off. So do you want to, uh, well, I'm wondering if you want to break that out again and talk about the economic, uh, like some specifics as to the uh, economic spin-offs. I know that Mike has talked about, well, last year Darcy talked about this, but I, I'm. Uh, you need to refresh my memory as to what the what the economic benefits are in, in terms of hard costs. That's uh, right now, uh, Your Worship. We don't have those costs, Darcy. When he left, he it was such a short turnaround. He didn't leave us any of the information that that unfortunately that he had presented to you last year. Uh, it was a bang bang thing with him, and we. You know, we were kind of caught off guard a little bit by it as well. So we didn't get all the information from them. I don't know where that information is, the the, the hard costs. I know things like uh, busing, 
you know, there's, we're looking at $38,000 just for bus rentals, which are, you know, stay within the community to the local, uh, you know, bus outfit here. Um, we have, uh, instead of buying a lot of our, our supplies now from uh, Grand Prairie or uh, Edmonton for, for hockey tape and sticks and helmets and gloves and that sort of stuff, it's staying right here at OT Sports since they've opened up. So, you know, uh, we've taken all our business there. All our uh, team uh, track suits and hoodies and hats, all that is through Caribou Cresting. Uh, you know, so there is definite economic spinoffs that 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 come this way. Um, how many tournaments in Peace River would this hockey team? Um Host, I guess, a year. We don't host any tournaments, so Elaine. It, there's no tournaments at so our it's level. Games, the, games, games. Games, yes, it's straight games. We will host 18 home games, and we can host up to 11 playoff games. It depends on how the playoffs go. So, 29, 30 games, well, including exhibition. So, 31 games possibly host within our community. All the all the teams that do come in from from out you know from outside like Fort St John's coming here next weekend mm -hmm. for two games they're staying overnight at at the at the Saw Ridge so they've got meals they've got hotel rooms uh, that sort of stuff all the teams that do come into town usually order pizzas from Domino's Panago Boston Pizza uh, Matt's Pizza as well you know for their bus trips home I know we do on. When we're out of town, we order pizzas for the guys to, to get some uh, nutrition into them. So, so part of the issue, though, is you, you've come to us for a number of years and asked forgiveness, and we've we've uh, we've forgiven. Uh, well, basically, the the uh, what's owed to us on the. Uh, on the sponsorship on the displays and really the whole point was let's wipe those slate clean and let's start from ground <coughs> start from zero and then we'll we'll go from there but he you know you're asking us for 16,000 now I'm assuming that that's because it's money that you can't raise through the sponsorship program that's out there but when but even in the good years, you're having trouble making making ends meet. So is I guess this kind of goes a bit back to what Councillor Needham was talking about: is uh, do we really need to uh, rethink the economic paradigm that you guys have? Because it's we we can't be you know there's. We're just as affected by shell closing, by Baytex uh, shutting in some wells, uh, by the uh, oil field service companies having to uh, cut back, and uh, we're going to have we're going to have to do some rethinking in terms of taxes and and that sort of thing. And uh, certainly, if we go with a tax increase, uh, people aren't going to be very happy about it. Um, 
Your Worship, if I may, I'm uh, just arrived here, so I'm going to let you go, and I'll be right up there. Okay. So, you know, it, it, it just becomes, if it's every year and you couldn't do it in the good times, well, what are we going to do now in the poor times? Because we're, we're affected by the poor times, and I'm not sure if the taxpayer is going to be that keen on uh, a grant of $16,000 to, you know, not everybody's a hockey fan out there. No. Is the ask this year for the 2015-16 signage? No, ask is for the 14-15 signage. That, and are we correct in saying that you're asking a grant for 16000 to cover the signage? Yes. Yeah. Just the the invoice that we've gotten from the town. So, so just so I understand, so you're at, the town charges you sixteen grand. The, and then you you collect the revenue from the signs, except for the ones that were weren't listed. Well, no, they sell the signs. We sell the signs, and the, char the town is charging us rental space on the boards to put the signs up. The signs are paid for. Yeah. So alternatively, if the town could, so so alternatively, what what's happening here is we're 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 soliciting the money from sponsors, and then we're turning around and paying money back to the town to, to use that the that, sponsors are on the on the uh, they you know when we go to them like when we first started this process there was no charge for using the boards for sponsorship and when we first a lot of those signs that are up there now are still signs from when this started and so a lot of these guys just they've been renewing they're not they do not know that we are paying the town for, I don't even know what the sign rental cost. Seven, seven is around 20%. 20% of the sign. Yeah. Spoke 25 according to that thing, right? Yeah, I believe it's 25%. 25%. 25%. But I guess where I'm coming from, if the NAVs weren't renting those signs out, the town wouldn't get anywhere near that that. There revenue. It's not like the town's foregoing a bunch of revenue because I don't think the the companies that are many of the companies that are spon sponsor with you would sponsor if it was the town collecting the revenue. I couldn't tell you that. You'd have to go to the to the people that are that are that have the signs up there and ask them if they would if the town went and was selling the sponsors or selling the spaces themselves that put signage up if they would. But they. But they understand that the revenue from the sign rep is, is, is helping to maintain the, to maintain the, the, the navigators, navigators yes. Just a couple of questions, Your Worship, and I have to apologize. I had a really hard time hearing coming down the hill. Sorry. Um, getting back to a comment that Councillor Needham had in regards to financials, and this is a question more to administration and uh, Councillor Sawchuck. As far as uh, discussions we've had back in the past, have the financials of this group been looked at pri prior to this uh, this application? Uh, the Director of Community Services, I believe we did receive uh, <clears throat> their financials, their basic financials. And if I can remember correctly, um, th th there was that... Yeah, I think they had a profit of sixteen or sorry, eleven thousand dollars. 
So the, the basic, what you, what you received here was, it shows a deficit of 5,000 with the 16,000 grant. That's right, and if we forgive the 16, you would have a $11,000 profit. No, no, no that includes. We still have a five thousand dollar deficit. Okay, I, I thought there was a different document that said we had eleven thousand dollar profit. You did. There was, yeah, last year, um, with um, yeah, with the sign advertising in there, we ran a six thousand dollar. Last year, we we ran a six thousand dollar deficit with the cost of the signs in. So yeah, we would have run a ten, ten, eleven thousand dollars surplus with, with the sixteen thousand dollar grant. Yeah. Uh, last year we had a super successful year as well. So. Another question I have is uh, comes back to conversation I heard when driving in, was in regards to hosting tournaments. I heard that you don't host tournaments. That much I do know because I volunteered with your group for about six years. Um, what about, I heard some discussion in regards to back-to-back -back games. Um, there's an example of a team coming, they're going to stay in a hotel room Friday. How many times does that happen during your season for back-to-back -back games here? Well, there's lots of back-to-back -back games, but it's not always the same team. Uh, because of our travel, our, our circumference of travel being, you know, maximum three hours out to Fort St. John, um, you know, Fort St. John is about the only team that will come come into Peace River and do a back-to-back -back and an overnighter. We go there and do the same thing at the end of the year this year. So that's approximately once a season? Once a season, but again, you know, it it, it could change. It, you know, it depends on the team that's the, or how the schedule gets done, but it's approximately once a season for, for you know, one team coming in for a back-to-back. And my last question, uh, Your Worship, goes to Director Bell. Um, in regards to the signage that is currently in the arena, um, there is numerous user groups uh, besides the nav navigators, uh, minor hockey, figure skating. Do we have all that sign, all the signage, separated as to who's who's and what those values are, yeah. and how are those bills being looked after by other groups? In, in what regard? Are they being paid? We charge twelve fifty, I think, for it. So, so it's it's a little bit less than twenty five percent. What happened to all the uh, money you get from the alcohol? We approved the use of the mezzanine for the servicing yeah. serving of alcoholic beverages. We uh, last year we made a grand total of. Uh, Made about five thousand, and then time you pay your license and workers and stuff. Insurance. Yeah, insurance. We might have made a couple thousand at the most. <laughs> Probably up the gate a little bit, I would say. Yeah, might have up the gate some. 
the best games we have for that is the Fairview games. The Fairview fans like the beer league. They still have to drive an hour home. <laughs> <laughs> so just so that the group knows here, were you aware that this town council has a recommendation from staff that says do not provide this grant to you? Uh, so, okay, I just told you that. So I'm listening very carefully for a reason not to support their recommendation, and I'm, I still haven't heard one. So Does he have a reason? Uh, I've got time. If, if you guys want to talk, I'm here to listen. But uh, we've done this three years in a row, and I was very reluctant. And if you check your notes, you'll find I made the motion last year. Uh, maybe Darcy just did a better job pitching it. I'm not sure, but... Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a good reason why we need to do this, and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, did he, he did he leave a reason not to? Did he leave a reason not to grant us the, the grant, the arena staff? You had mentioned well, that the guy had said that he didn't want us to, to get it, or you shouldn't do it for us. Did he leave a reasoning to why? Well, I, I guess there are you, could, could you? three reasons not to do it. Is that the invoice for the 2011-2012 season was uh, uh, there was an outstanding debt of thirteen thousand five hundred forty-five dollars. We forgave that. Uh, the 2012-2013 season there was a debt of thirteen thousand two hundred fifty, or at least the invoice for the uh, signage. We forgave that one. We waived that one. And then for the 2013-2014 season, it was 15,350. So, you know, that's that gets back to my comment about every year it's the same story, and uh, we we we're in as probably as worse a position as you are in terms of uh, trying to make ends meet, and you're asking asking for 16,000 this year, so. Uh, 26 plus 15, it's basically $41,000 we've forgiven so far. And we don't, we, we're not even considered a platinum sponsor. <laughs> so anyhow, I think we'll have to make our decisions uh, later when it comes to the decision time. But you're, you're making it tough for us. Anyhow, uh, thank you, gentlemen. Understand there's two bylaws. Um, um, under section four of the agenda. Uh, that is correct, uh, Your Worship. Uh, bylaw number um, 1972, the governance and priorities um, a bylaw. Uh, pri previous to the, uh, this meeting here, literally about a few minutes. There was uh, some councillors who thought there should be some other additions added to that um, in which the public can participate in the priorities and governance meeting and they would like to make an amendment 
to that um, uh, bylaw. So uh, the, the two ways could be done. If you want, we could just refer this to next week's council meeting with the amendments that you want. And then we just do first, second, and third reading. Or you can do first reading today with the amendments specifically and then do second and third reading next week if that's the will of council. Okay. Um, so what, what are the amendments that people are looking for, councillors are looking for? Maybe the councillors themselves can speak to, to those items. Ms. Manzer. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I believe um, at the Governance and Priorities meeting last, whenever it was, um, we had quite a discussion about uh, comments from the public, and I think the general uh, thought at that meeting was that this bylaw would indicate that the public could come and uh, for the first 10 or so minutes of the Governance and Priorities meeting have the opportunity to comment on whatever they wanted to bring to council's attention. So there was that part within the governance and priorities at the beginning of that meeting. And in here, it uh, seems to indicate that they could only come by appointment and so forth. So, um, so the, the public input part, we're just gonna restrict that to governance and priorities committees or we're, uh, what about council meetings? There was a discussion about that too in the procedural bylaw, and the thought there was that it would, that we would have public um, input or comments um, on items that were on the council agenda, um, within the agenda after the presentations and that sort of item, but only on agenda items for the council meeting. So how long uh, were people, were you anticipating that uh, we would allow people to uh, bring forward um, uh, their issues and concerns at a GMB meeting? Uh, we had a total time, uh, I think the thought process was for about 10 minutes. So they would have to speak relatively quickly. I could be having a faulty memory if other counselors Did you remember that, Mr. Sawchuck, or you're thinking differently? I actually thought it was a little longer, but I thought we were pushing for 15 or 20 minutes or something total, depending on how many people are there, obviously. Uh, we had that. We also, um, on the documents, had changed uh, from five minutes to 15 minutes for uh, actual um, booked presentations by the public at the council meetings. Mr. Burr might remember more as well. Yeah. That was my recollection as well. So if we open it up to 20 minutes, we'll be, will we be PowerPointed to death here? Or uh, will we get PowerPoints and... Uh, no, I, I think the total time was 20 minutes. You know, so again, depending on how many people you got, if, if you've got five speakers there that want to oh, speak... Oh, you're saying 20 minutes in total? Yeah, at the beginning oh. of the meeting, yes. That, that was more in line with my rec recollection. You know, there would be a block of time. Uh, if there's two speakers, I perhaps I guess you could suggest to them that they oh, share the time or something. I'm not sure, oh. but it was a block of time. And um, 
in specifically to what's before us, number nine under the terms of reference, that point in my mind would be the one that needs to be changed because I, I thought we agreed to, this was the so-called, I'll use the words open mic, but I, I'm not sure that was, uh, perhaps that was the mayor's term from another meeting, but uh, point number nine under the terms of reference. So that would be, uh, um, that opportunity would be included in the Governance and Priorities Committee, I guess is what I'm saying. So, Deputy uh, Mayor Manzer, you, you brought this item up. Uh, might, you, you're at least the point person on this, so how would you like number nine to be rephrased then? Uh, that the Governance and Priorities meetings shall be public meetings. Um, with uh, opportunity for the public to uh, comment at the beginning of the minute, the meeting for total time of 20 minutes. Okay, so there shall be uh, an opportunity for the public to uh, bring forward uh, uh, concerns I just wanted to, do you want to set a time limit per person to speak and you have 20 minutes up to 20 minutes to speak so for example uh, you allow 20 minutes for the public to speak but any individual can only speak up to maybe two minutes or five minutes that way if you do have 20 people if one person speaks for 20 minutes, where does the other people have an opportunity to speak? Yeah, so if, if you were to do that, I would recommend maybe any individual is allowed to speak up to a certain amount of time in that 20-minute period. Yeah, so, so whereas at the council meetings, you're seeing people uh, comment on items that are on the agenda. So the priorities one is and ad hoc, ad hoc presentations. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. But uh, if if it's going to be ad hoc, if they want to make a presentation, per se, they they can still make that presentation and get their twenty minutes. Whereas if it's ad hoc, and perhaps they should just be restricted to five minutes or two minutes or whatever. Right, because then if they had uh, a comment with respect to an actual agenda item, they would be making the request to be on that agenda to make their presentation their longer presentation, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, Mr. Mayor, I, I would like to recommend that this go back to administration, and in light of this discussion, they bring forward a, a revised um, bylaw for uh, first reading next week or at the next council yeah. meeting well, that sounds like a fair motion so but were there any any other amendments that people at number three where it talks about the authority I to me it sounds unusual that that the uh, governance and priorities committee would make recommendations to council by res resolution when in fact everyone on council is on that committee like to me that's re almost redundant so I I I'd like to see us just strike that first sentence out completely or just 
you know, state the obvious that it is advisory in nature, period, and not leave that other thing out. I just, I question the need to, to state that that's the only recommendation or anything that can come forward. Actually, this, this is a perfect example of why it should stay in. If there was an actual motion that was made, a recommendation to council to have in the governance and priorities meeting an open mic as opposed to there was different interpretations at the end of the meeting, there was confusion. <laughs> Staff thought it was just the meeting for the council, not the governance and priority because there was, and, and we we're all frantically writing. And so that's why we thought in the governance and priority, there was no, no public participation, but there was something there. So if you did make a specific recommendation once everything is done, it makes it clear for direction for staff. Well, then should it read the recommendations to administration rather than to council? But council actually makes the final decision. So, yeah, so it, what, what it does the recommendations go to council? Just like if you have any other committees, they make a recommendation and then eventually it goes to council and council makes, makes the decision. I guess that's why I don't like the whole concept of priors and governance. I, didn't under, I still don't understand Mr. Cuss' recommendation to do that, like, you know, if you're going to discuss with the council, discuss with the council and make a decision, but, all right. The, the, the issue with the, the governance and priorities, you spend a lot longer time on a particular topic, and generally, council is, you just, you've already had that discussion. That's the general. No, I understand yeah, it. Yeah. My, my preference would be to have the longer discussion in the council meeting and then make yeah. your decision. I just, to me, it, it the optics look squirrely because you make a very important decision based on a two-minute, you know, a motion at, at a yeah. council meeting where the discussion happened elsewhere. And the public who just tune in and, and listen to the podcast or show up at one council meeting will be saying, well, where did that come from? You know, they made, you know, that kind of decision with very little discussion or background information presented. It, it, it does, in my mind, it doesn't look good, but... Well, the whole idea of governance and priorities committee is, is it's a more relaxed atmosphere and a more uh, brainstorming, free-wheeling free uh, uh, free discussion of ideas uh, rather than something that's got Robert's rules of order pushing the agenda along. Could I ask, Mr. Parker, so an example of a motion or a resolution that might come from a governance and priorities committee, how would it be worded? Uh, a lot of times it will be worded very similar to uh, um, uh, the motions that you have in council, except for it would say the governance and priority committee recommends to council the passing of bylaw number 1971 or 1972. Well, I, I guess you get some direction for on on this side. Were, were there any other uh, amendments that people wanted to see besides uh, Mr. Burr's desire just to get rid of the GMP altogether? Well, I can live without mine, and I'll support Deputy Mayor Manzer's uh, request because I, you know, I think we do want to allow the public to have an opportunity to to address council at that meeting as well. So just to 
clarify. So number nine needs to be clarified in my mind. And then um, it, number 12, um, it, it, hear from delegations and or refer delegations to council. Delegations may make presentations to the government of the Federal by appointment only. So I, I guess what I'm driving at is our public meeting or our procedural bylaw will still have a presentations component to it. So this this doesn't dilute what we're doing there. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, if someone's got a presentation, they can either choose to come here or choose to come to a council meeting. I guess is what I'm driving at. Uh, I think the idea is that if they choose to go to council, then they do have to make formal uh, appointment. <coughs> Right. Here at council, right? Right. All right. Well, that's, so I, that's, that's so twelve fair. has to be clarified. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm okay with number twelve then. Uh, what I'll do is I'll also send out the changes prior to it actually gets put in. Um, we'll, we'll do that either tomorrow or uh, first thing Wednesday morning, and then if, if council can come back to us and say, yeah, that's fine with that. We we like that change. Then we could just pop it in. No, there's just, just one motion here. Manzer's deputy mayor Manzer's motion. Um, so the difference between a GMP open mic and versus an open mic at at a council meeting is the open mic at the council meetings is somewhat restricted in terms of what people can speak to, whereas the open mic at a GMP meeting is a, anything, anything goes. With some time restraint still. Okay. But they do have an option if they want to make something a little more formal and want to PowerPoint us uh, they can uh, make an application to the CAO. Okay. What what does uh, what town of Whitecourt do, Mr. Burr? You studied there. I believe that they allow at the start of the council meeting up to ten minutes for any individual to show up and give a short verbal presentation on whatever they want. But they they're quite. It's, I think it's three or four minutes is all they, 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 they don't let people get up and ra ramble on, but they have allowed the state whatever they want. There's no limitations on uh, what. And these are at council meetings? And they that's don't at have the regular a, council meeting, they, yeah. They don't have a, uh, a GMP style? I don't, yeah, this is some time ago I, re I reviewed their, their uh, format, but it was at a regular council meeting they were doing. I don't think they had, at that point, I don't think they were holding PNGs. Do they? Okay. Well, anyhow, we got Deputy Mayor Manzer's motion on the table, and uh, could you uh, just, uh, Ms. Dowling, could you uh, just re uh, read that back to us? Um, it's moved to recommend that the Governance and Priorities Committee bylaw 1972 go back to administration for revisions and that they bring back a revised bylaw for first reading next week. Okay, all in favor? Uh, 
Okay, so uh, we have now the Chief Administrative Officer Bylaw 1971. That was a good year. Okay. Uh, uh, this one uh, was discussed uh, also at the Governance and Priorities meeting. Um, and uh, basically there was just a couple of minor changes that were made. Um, and uh, we made those changes and haven't heard anything. Could you uh, just highlight those changes? The, the major changes was um, if an item is in budget um, for a capital, uh, the CAO gets to sign off on the item if it's over $150,000, if it has um, been gone through the budget process. Um, and if it is a operating expense, uh, the CAO can uh, write off or sign off on uh, an item that is uh, uh, $75,000 or more, as long as it's already been budgeted and gone through the whole budget uh, process. So those were the only change, were those the only changes with to the, basically to the signing uh, or the authorization authority? Uh, yeah, those are the, yeah, the two biggest changes. I think there was one other, no, I think we were looking at one other one, but I don't think we did that one. And what was the other one? You were looking yeah, at one. I think it was looking at the leases on H, 5H, and there was a discussion on that, but I don't think. Uh, uh, lease of land and buildings within yeah. municipalities, lease or. Yeah. Okay. I believe that was the other one. Okay, so. That's uh, oh, right. On M, there was oh, yes, M. some changes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, we just took out one word, and I believe we popped in. Uh, we just changed it, and, and I can't remember what that one word we took out. Um, uh, where there is um, expenditure on section on item M two, uh, the previous word was tender. Oh, that's right, and it was we changed it to competitive bid process because we don't just do tenders; we do various ways. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I have, a, I have a couple of questions, Your Worship, okay. regarding the, uh, in item two, it talks about the title. It's COO's apostrophe S bylaw, which implies it's the COO's possessive bylaw, which I think it should just be the CAO bylaw. Mm -hmm. And then in uh, H, um, I would like to to remove I altogether, the first one, one lease land altogether, and the other one, my question is, what's the remedy for a council if the CAO elects to um, lease below market value? Like I, because, I mean, and I, I just some of the scuttlebutt I've heard, there, are, there have been issues in the past with some of the leases that the town has done where I'm not sure that it was done in the best interest of the town. It may have been done for other reasons. And if council isn't part of that decision-making process, then I'm, I don't know if that's what we want to be approving, but. So in this case, uh, say for example, uh, I entered into a, a lease that was below current market value, I would definitely have to bring that to council. If I don't, I violated a bylaw. And that could be a uh, issue on performance review. Okay, and that's and and the bylaw reads that way, doesn't it? 
Yeah, the bylaw right here read, reads okay. that way. It's which paragraph is that it? That is uh, H2. 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 So, and, and, and to be quite honest, there is one that I'm going to be bringing to you that I found, that I discovered, and to me it's <laughs> below market value, and it's going to be a sensitive issue. So are you uh, satisfied with that, Mr. Burr? I, I guess. You guess? or you Well, I guess we'll just have to watch the CEO and make sure he does plays by the rules there. Yeah, that's... Well, but this is supposed to restrict that. So there's, it's not a matter of whether the, he plays by the rule or she plays by the rules. It's, is that criteria in there that would... Is that rule in there that satisfies you that there won't be? Well, I, th I think the bylaw states that as long as he's entered, the CEO is entering into a lease agreement at fair market value, he can go ahead and do that. That makes okay. sense. And our recourse is if he doesn't do that, that's a performance issue. And, and uh, you know, to me, I don't know whether we have to have it in there that, you know, could be cause for, for termination. If, if that that happens regardless of that but well the way that I read h2 is is that if we are leasing at or below fair market value not leasing property to somebody else at or below market value that we as the town are leasing that at or below market value is how I read that if that's the case kudos to you if you can get a below market value and save the town some money that's how I read that paragraph the one above it refers to us as the leasor providing something to somebody else. There, I think those are two, on two different sides of the, of the leasing situation. So I, I, I have no problems with H2. So then you're suggesting inadvertently that in I, it should be fair market value then? That if, if the town is going to lease property to someone else, it has to be at fair market value that we can't lease something at below market value? Um, no, HI is referring to us leasing and all it's referring to is five years. It's referring only to the term in HI. In so H2, it's saying if the town is looking to lease land or buildings, that the CAO can enter that as long as it's at or below current fair market value. So he, he cannot lease it for above fair market value. If we're looking for space and we need to lease yeah. it, no, no, so, like the that. fire hall. But in the, fir in the first, ca first case, then, if we are leasing, or if the town is leasing some property to someone else. That's not what HI is referring to. HI is only referring to the term. Doesn't it doesn't say anything about value. Well, I guess that's my point. Yeah. Should it not? So your, your concern is, you, so the concern that you brought up is not addressed in this book. Yes. That's and I think that would be an exception if we're going to look at things like that. We also have to take into consideration that we do have these lease agreements with uh, certain nonprofit groups in town. I think, yeah, you've got to be careful because all this is saying is that the CAO has a right to enter into a lease for a five year term. And I think, as Chris has brought forward, CAO has brought forward, is if there's any lease in there that is going to be below fair market value, he will bring that to council. So it's not stated there. All right, if that's where it gets addressed, then did, I'm, did I'm fine. Did actually hear what Tammy Bell said? I did. Good for you. Good for you. No, 
What, what, what she said was that there is a, a lease policy. So we have a policy that um, goes, goes hand in hand with this bylaw. So the lease policy is where that would be directed as to what value the CAO has the right to do. Could we see that policy then, Chris? I, I'd like to just, we've yeah. probably seen it once already, but I wouldn't mind seeing it no, again. No, I haven't so. seen it yet. <laughs> In my files paper, not yet. So is Actually, uh, Mr. Parker, is Mr. Burr's concern uh, addressed in the bylaw. So his concern is that you would you would lease municipal property, not saying that you would do this, but uh, the scenario would be that the CAO leases to his friend, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, a piece of town property at uh, less than fair market value. Uh, is there some, or is that all addressed in the lease policy? Yes, I, I, I think there's two things. He's more concerned, I think, that I would physically get the town to enter into a lease in which the town would be leasing the property and it be above fair market value. I think that's the one concern. Right. And, and yeah, so we would, I, I have not read that policy, so I don't know if, um, Director Bell has, and she can add more comment to it. Does that? But then there should, probably should be some, of, you know, it's one thing to, to have it in a policy, yep. which can be changed relatively easily, easily versus a bylaw. a bylaw where it says, hey, if you want to lease that piece of property to, uh, to some party at, less than fair market value or town piece of property. We need to know about that. Well, how, how about this? How about if we just uh, add into it, and this would probably do it, lease of land in our buildings where the municipality is the leaseor, provide that the term shall not exceed five years, exclusive of renewals, and that it is at or below fair market value unless council is made aware. Unless ca uh, council approves. Unless okay, council with, approves. Uh, unless council approves. Is that, that reasonable? That and I can I can make that amendment right in there. Right, and you probably want that to protect yourself. Yes. I'm just thinking we might have to take a look at the the lease policy which we just passed probably four or five months ago um, was specifically for nonprofit leases which are all below fair market value. They're for one dollar. So. I would hate for a domino effect to occur without, I mean, you can change the policy. But we just went through that process of developing a, a standard lease process for your nonprofit leases. And any non-standard leases based on the template provided with that policy, those came to council. That lease policy cited the CAO bylaw, which allowed a five-year signing authority and anything above that would be required as non-standard to come to council. So we might just want to take a double check to make sure anything that you'd put in the CAO bylaw, if there needed to be any changes in the lease policy that they follow. 
Because we've got a, quite a number of leases in town, right? Like all the airport properties, those are all leases, right? And those are those are different. The, right. the lease policy was for the nonprofit leases. So that's why I'm cautioning if you try to lump them all together, you might um, have a problem with the lease policy for the nonprofit. Okay, well, I guess that's we need to That's just a get, thought. I'd like to see that straight down, in my, at least in my own mind anyway. Because what's the other, other leases the town does? Like, we have a number of people that are leasing land adjacent to their lot because of encroachments, right? And, Where, yeah, that, those would be fall under the planning. Default. Yeah, that would be different. But, the, again, those would be addressed by this. Encroach, like, their encroachment agreements, yeah. I don't think they're categorized as leases. So it would be a formal agreement as yeah. opposed to a lease. You know, it, terminology, potato, potato. But sweet potato versus okay. Yukon gold, I don't know. So, Mr. Mayor, just to add to the issue or, or not, in H1, um, uh, the part that uh, was looked at and then deleted from our actual copy was um, you read what you see there of renewals or if the total value of the lease, including renewals, does not exceed 500000 And at the governance and priorities meeting, we at that point decided that was not needed, that 500000 part of things. So I don't know if this adds to this discussion or detracts, but. Hmm. So maybe this needs to also go back and come forward with um, more information, particularly with respect to Section H. I would like to see that clarified a little bit so I exactly know what we're getting into. And I mean, I. Yeah, I'd like to see a backstop action in this bylaw on the lease policy, but you could, you could even put a third paragraph that uh, uh, something about non leases to nonprofits uh, um, are exempt or whatever. <laughs> well, but that that but that's basically what your lease policies. Well, your lease policy gives them a dollar uh, for a dollar. And you get them out of the red tape of coming to council. And Rod Burr's concern is that uh, you could have a CAO that's in bed with uh, developers and uh, work a sweetheart deal. I have two other comments elsewhere. Beyond this, I'd like to address as well. So uh, outside of this, out, out, outside of H, which I think we've okay. discussed enough. I think Chris now can go back and and rejig and take a look at. Yep, I, I, I've got the general idea. The other questions I had, um, it goes back to the in the position description. If I can find it. I think it makes reference to the operational budget and the capital plan, and I, I thought we were moving to a three-year operational plan and a ten-year capital plan. I, I guess I would like to see this bylaw specifically state that. Uh, do, would you, would you be want to be that pers prescriptive in this bylaw? Because we're we're going to a three-year operating plan because the 
provincial government wants a three-year or a three-year budget cycle, but they could change their mind, or they could be as slow as we are and never get it done in four years' time. Or, uh, and the 10-year, those things about 10-year operate uh, capital plan versus 20-year versus five-year, those things seem to change with each changing government. I guess, I guess my personal feel, feeling is I, I would like to see the town in the future operate on a three-year operational plan, irrespective of what the province does. I think it only makes sense that, you know, when we're planning developing budgets, it should be on a, on a three-year basis. I think it's to the advantage of, of in this administration and the, and the different departments. They know what they can expect in the next couple of years that every year at budget time they're not, you know, fighting to keep whatever they have. I would rather see that. And I think for the 10-year capital plan, I, I think it makes sense. The town should have and I, I, I don't think we want to hold anybody to it, but I think, you know, you know, the administration needs to say, okay, well, it, going forward in 10 years, what kind of stuff do we need to lobby council to, to fund? Uh, Go ahead, Mr. In, in, that would be a perfect goal and objective for a CAO. So instead of it being part of the CAO bylaw, here's your goal and objective. You will provide a three-year operational uh, plan, and you will provide a funded 10-year capital plan. And that would be the goal and objective. And then, So that would be in your CAO's actual contract? No, it'd just be when you set forth the goals and objectives and that's each year for the CAO. You say this is one of the conditions that you, <coughs> and you either meet it or you don't meet it. And it's based on your performance review at that particular time. That's, that's a perfect example. If you're looking for goals and objectives for a CAO, there's, there's an example. You had something to say, Deputy Mayor. Uh, with respect to the MGA and so on, the second whereas, I think, would speak to the MGA and whatever time frame they put there. Um, the CAO would have to be following along those time frames. Yeah. 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 Well, I see what you're saying, Jennifer, but, uh, um, it's But then why three years? Why not a four-year operating plan? That's, that's the length of council. Well, I... I guess I see three years as a reasonable time frame. I think the, most municipalities have done that in advance of the gov government's di di dictation that you were going to do it was, was three years. I, I think if you get, go too far, you know, you are, um, you know, there's too much uh, stargazing in terms of coming up with exactly what's going to happen, whereas I think three years is reasonable. But So how is a three-year plan different from the communist five-year plan? Anyhow, <laughs> okay. So uh, what, what do? So it sounds like this is another one to take back. I guess. Do you want to make that motion, Councillor Burr? Well, I, I, I guess when the way Chris talked about the and his fun, a fully funded tenure capital plan, that's no, quite different than I, I visualized the tenure wish list. Yeah, we, I wasn't referring to that. I was referring to the everything in general here. The, yeah particularly uh, item H, paragraph H of uh, section five, like in terms of going back and, and, okay. and making those changes. Was there another another nope. item that you wanted to bring up? 
Oh, no, in item six, I believe, it talks about... I thought you said no. Well, I, no, I, I just looked at my notes. There's one thing. In item six, it talks about he attends all meetings of council or governance and priorities committee, and I think or should be and, but that's just... Six? Six is the severability clause. Under general accountabilities, it's on page six of the bylaw. Oh, page six of the bylaw. To me, it almost, it implies that the CEO would have a note. If he only wanted to go to the council meetings, he could, or if he only wanted to go to PGs, he could that too. But I, I would like to see Chris attend both. But, and I'm sure that's was what was in. I'm sorry, what number? It's on page six where it says general accountabilities, and then item six says attends all meetings of council or governance and priorities committee. And I, I guess I would. Schedule think that, A. What's that? Yeah. Think Schedule it should be and rather than or, but. Schedule uh, some attachment. Schedule A. Anyway, then I'm good. And okay. So can I put a motion then that uh, the administration go back and rejig the um, bylaw as discussed and bring it back to our next council meeting? I don't know if rejig is actually a word in the in Webster's. <laughs> Maybe it is, but I don't know if it's appropriate to Okay, administration amend the bylaw as discussed. Okay. Okay, uh, all in favor of Councilor Burr's motion? Passed. Okay, uh, we have unfinished business. Request for decision regarding arena project funding. And I see Ms. Bell approaching the desk, and so I'll assume that she is going to speak to this item. I am, Your Worship. Uh, Your Worship and Council, the report before you this evening is in regards to the ARENA project. Um, the Re Regional Recreation Committee has met a number of times in the last two months, and we bring forward the minutes of those two committee meetings uh, for your information. As a follow-up item from the November 3rd meeting, um, the members from each council were requested to go back to their respective councils and have mm -hmm. a discussion around the finances of a regional project, whatever that project ends up looking like in the end. Um, what we are presenting to council this evening in this report is a, an overview of some of the financial picture that the town needs to consider in making a decision around a financial commitment on the town's behalf towards this particular project. Administration looked at um, a number of major capital projects and presents them to you for your consideration in regards to this particular item. Um, just a couple of items of note also before we discuss the actual financial picture is um, Regardless of the final project, the final concept, the final budget, administration and the committee was discussing at length um, the need to start lobbying provincial and federal levels. We were waiting and um, anticipate a federal budget, which, if all planets align, will have some support for recreational or community uh, collaborative projects. The provincial government right now has not allocated specific funds to, thank you, Ailish, the specific funds for recreational facilities. However, there is a broad category within their infrastructure budget which that has not been completely detailed. So there potentially could be some provincial funds um, if we could possibly do some 
engagement of provincial members to this project. Um, also, there was a brief discussion about the capital cost sharing agreement at the last committee meeting. It should be noted that that discussion needs to happen between the, as per the agreement between uh, mayors, Reeves, deputies on both sides and CAOs and a discussion of whether or not that funding has anything to do potentially with this particular project or not. Um, what administration has provided you is a, a general overall listing of potential upcoming significant capital projects. And these were projects that we were looking at about a two or a three year horizon on. Please note these aren't committed by council as of yet per se. Some of them are, uh, a lot of them are not, but they have been discussed either preliminarily with council, they are coming up in the 2016 capital budget, potentially 2017 capital budget. Um, these were the projects of great significance in terms of their financial impact on the town. Therefore, we thought it was important to show you the broader picture of what the impact would be for any large commitment for any project, any of them. Arena being the one that we are at the table for, for this evening. Uh, we provide you with our general debenturing information. Our current borrowing capacity is at 31 million. Um, our total current debentures are at 13 million 214 and change. Um, thus leaving uh, the Town of Peace River an available debenture amount of about 18 million dollars. Our current debt servicing is 1.3 million, and I'm rounding, obviously. Um, and current funding in reserve specifically related to the arena project is approximately $1 million. So when we look at... Could I, could I just yes. interrupt those figures that you gave? Yes. Are they on these papers? They're on page two, uh, on the chart. First, first column of the, uh, under debenture information. So adjacent to that is our, the future capital projects that we've outlaid um, and the potential commitment to these projects. Now this is including in some cases some of the grants that we are aware of. In some cases, um, if there are no grant opportunities, this is the potential cost to the town. So it does not include, as a note, uh, if new grants become available through the federal government's new budget, um, if there are provincial grants that we haven't allocated specifically. For example, MSI has not been used for any allocation at this point in any of these projects. So the fire hall, and we did give you a range on some of these projects because there'll be a potential lower end cost or there can be a potential higher end cost depending on what the final product or final project could look like. Fire hall is a great example of that. It depends on how large of a building you complete, what you put in it, we're giving you a range. Um, a ladder truck is pretty definitive in terms of an 800 to $1 million project cost. Public workshop, again, there's a, a range. <clears throat> Excuse me. The small communities fund, all the sewer projects, um, we have just included the town's portion of that greater project. So there's the overall $11 million project, but the 1.5 is the town's portion of that. The Athabasca Hall, this is assuming we are not receiving the Canada 150 grant. I think that's probably a pretty safe assumption as of now, unless again the federal government comes out with some um, miraculous funding for that particular uh, grant project that we haven't heard about yet. 
Uh, at the, oh, sorry, uh, the freedom feeder main, and this is going west with water. Uh, 3.5 million heavy-duty equipment replacement. Um, it's uh, an inevitable project that must be maintained. Your heavy heavy equipment, uh, specifically in the public works department, needs to be renewed on an average of seven-year cycle. Um, and just going back to that feeder main. Yes. Oh, sorry, not west? Okay. Well, basically northwest, I guess. Would be. This office is like Bermuda Triangle for me when I get okay. in here. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. North. Maybe northwest slightly. Um, lift Station 5. This particular project is not included in the small community fund uh, overall projects. Uh, wastewater treatment plant, some upgrades there, and at this time we don't have any specific numbers, so that is on the horizon. So we're looking at a total future project expenses of 13 to 19 million dollars. So taking that into consideration, um, looking at what is available for the town to debenture, assuming we would need to debenture all of these projects, that leaves us, uh, and using the lower end number of 13 million 600, that leaves an approximate amount of $4,500,000 um, available for debentures. Then making an assumption of a $1 million per year for the next three years from 2015 to 2018, so four years technically, uh, a $4 million amount could be obtained through that uh, contribution through the mill rate. Um, so that gives the Town of Peace River a potential availability of $8,500,000 for an arena project specifically. So what administration provides to you is a number of options related to these numbers. So there's some ability to... Your Worship, oh. I have a question before sure. Tanya goes any further. And it relates to some of those funds up there. On the assumption, like for the fire hall, the ladder truck, that's the town's share of those costs? Correct. So you're saying the ladder truck is a million bucks just our share? Like, I'm hoping Eight. we'll split that five ways. Five? Oh. Well, I, <laughs> well, let's be optimistic. I mean, if there was a fire in Grimshaw needed, I'm sure it would go there. And so, you know, it, I, I see that as a regional asset. Right. And it, so this is making the assumptions that the town would outlate these funds. Again, not with a, a five-way split on a fire truck. We're making the assumption at this point, a fire a ladder truck, per se, would be only funded by the town of Peace River. Whether you'd find other funding sources, uh, potentially the federal government will come out for with a, a grant that maybe there can be an application made. So we're giving you the worst-case scenario. So like the public workshop, I thought the bulk of that fund would come is already in reserve from the sale of the, other, the or at least a there portion is, of that. Yes, there is approximately 2.3 million in reserve in regards to that project. But if you want something larger, then you're looking and at a higher cost. That's the range. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes, you bet. Since we're asking a question there, yes. the bottom line of uh, 8.5 million or so. Mm -hmm. um, do we have any borrowing capacity left if all that happened? No. Mm -hmm. So this this is assuming that you're borrowing thirteen million six hundred, and then the final four point five million is also being borrowed. 
again, giving you the worst case scenario to give you some sort of parameter to make a decision within. By 2018, do we have any debentures coming off the books or no? There will be a few, um, but at this point, the finance manager is saying, saying they're fairly insignificant. There's a couple coming off in about three years. So you won't see a huge drop in that uh, current, debt, current debt servicing will be, it won't go down too, too much. Um, when we move into the options section, uh, we provide you with a couple of options around uh, these funds. And of course, if council chooses other options, that's the prerogative of council as a whole to, to add to the option listing. Your first option that's provided is um, commit to more than the uh, proposed 4.5 million. At this point, you could look at 8 million, the, the full 18 million if you should choose. Um, not recommending that option because that does really restrict you with some other projects potential. So this does provide a higher debenture amount. Um, it's a, the advantage to doing a higher debenture is that you can spread the expense over multi-generations of your community. So looking at a 25-year debenture or a 20-year debenture, you're spreading that cost out over more than just your immediate uh, user of the facility or your immediate taxpayer. So if we're taking that four or five million dollars from the taxpayer right now um, from their taxes, it's great up front, but in the long term, the taxpayer over the long run could pay that cost through the debenture. Just one, a different way of looking at it. Um, De debenturing a total of upwards of $8 million does require an, a, quite an amount of debt servicing. So you're looking at currently 56000 for every million dollars that we debenture. So we would be debt servicing for $8 million, $448,000 that would need to go in your operating budget to cover that debenturing expense for the annual payments. Um... When we look at option two, if we look at committing four million uh, in debentures um, and maintain what we ha currently have committed to of one million coming from operation to be put into reserve, this option allows for a smaller debenturing amount. You can still do over 20 years, but it, it allows you that um, wiggle room or the play in your debenturing for your ability to uh, cover the expenses of other projects. You're not putting your proverbial eggs in or pucks in one rink, as it were. Um, this option places some immediate pressure on your current taxpayer. So you're paying a portion of it over the next four years that focuses on this current tax base. However, it does assist you in your debt servicing, bringing it down to about 280000 um, and you, you can maintain that million dollar commitment or even drop it after the first four years to build up that four million dollars in reserve, but you will have to maintain um, 280000 for your debt servicing uh, over the lifespan of that debenture. And then option three is giving you um, a little bit broader breathing room in terms of making some decisions at this point. This is very heavy information 
to ask of a council to make a, a final decision right now of how you want to make a commitment to this project. Um, so option th three does provide council a <coughs> longer review of this item, though we're making a commitment back to the regional committee, but at this time we're not, uh, council would not have to state we want four million in debentures and four million in op or from operating. Uh, or eight million in debentures. We'll make a commitment back to the organization or the regional committee, um, but through the, the operational budget process, you can have further discussions on how you would like to split out that specific amount. The debenture, sorry for option number two. Yes. One says 224 and one says 280. What's making up the difference? It's just, you're, like, I'm assuming yeah. you're basing that at 56 times 4, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, at that point, it's it's practically semantics, but it is a different number, so I just wanted to confirm. And that could be a leftover because we had, I had a slightly different debt servicing amount, mm -hmm. and then once we got the final numbers, I updated, and I might have missed updating that second point. Okay, so it would be 224 option. It then. would be 224. Okay. Yeah. Is a what is the minimum we can contribute to this project? What is the comfort financial comfort level of council to make a public commitment to this project? And again, um, every council member at that table is going back with the same thing. Yeah. So each of the other local authorities going back to their council and doing exactly what we're doing, and figuring out how much money they think they can afford to put into this particular project. Assuming no other government funding. Well, assuming whatever, maybe assuming yeah. what we did, that right now there's no grants, so, yeah. you know, if we get them, bonus. If we mm -hmm. don't, but they're looking at what they can contribute out of their budgets at this time for this project, based on the numbers that we've got out there. So. And this is, this will allow that committee to decide what size of arena, so on and so forth. Yeah. It's going to play a good part in the decision because the way, we, the way we've uh, done this up till now is we started with our basic product that we, as the town of Peace River, thought we needed, put it out there to our neighbors. Everybody came back with some add-ons that they thought, you know, they would like to see. Uh, we came out with another final product, and then we said, okay, so now where do we go to pay for this? So that's what we're doing now. So at our next meeting, when everybody comes back and says, whew, that's an awful lot of money, then our next step is okay. So if we're not willing to pay that much for this, what can we knock off of it? And then we'll be working our way back down again is the way I see this happening. But uh, again, I think as, as the town of Peace River, we have to be comfortable in what we think that we can put forward. You know, Regardless of how much participation we would like to see from our neighbors, um, this is going to be a town of Peace River facility, so I think we have to be able to come forward to the table and say, you know what, Real realistically, this is what we can afford over the period. How we're going to do that, as, as uh, Director Bell said, whether we just go and say, look, here's a here's an amount of money, we will find it somehow, you know, whether we debenture, you know, if next year we have a windfall somewhere, who knows, or governments come around, whatever, you know. But I think we do have to make a commitment and say that we're in for this much. What can you guys do? 
I have a question. Um, it actually is the minutes of uh, November 3rd. It's on page 29 of, or page 2 of 2. Next steps, it says, taking into account funding already established, the remaining amount of $18.5 million will be required without other funding sources. So the funding already established is kind of what? We were considering the $1 million commitment that the town had made. And then we had also discussed the, the capital cost sharing fund, which came up as a discussion point that that needs to be clarified of whether or not that would be an opportunity for are, are we a talking commitment. About the joint capital, joint yes. capital fund. Yeah. But that it's was formally that, called. Yeah. 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 In the final number, we didn't include that. Um, no, you should yeah. It was an administrative discussion as an option. We were looking for all sources. <laughs> Just a couple of questions, if yes. if I may. Uh, I, I certainly like where this is going. Um, I don't need to get back in on the weeds, but I'll go back to your chart where we got fire halls and Taunton, how you arrived at those numbers. I don't necessarily agree with some of the numbers that are that are in the blue yep. paper, but that's mm -hmm. that's here and or there. I, I guess we want to focus on. <clears throat> pardon me, eight million in the commitment to the project. But so point one, I don't agree with what's on the blue piece of paper. Okay. The eight million is fine, I guess. On the debt servicing, how, what rate of return uh, or to come up with some of those costs? Is it 1% or is it 2% or are you going to make me get my calculator out and figure oh, out? It's one point something and that great sheet that the finance manager provided me, I left on my desk. It also depends on the year. So if the rates go up, it's, yeah. it's for the whole 25 years. So the advantage is the more you borrow now at the lower rates, the yeah. better it is okay. for so, debt servicing. So um, the, the, that rate that we're getting right now is at a very low rate, but it'd be for the entire term. So, the, yeah. All right, fair enough. So yeah. where I was going with the conversation is <clears throat> we have two neighbors, three neighbors, that have certainly mm -hmm. did intermunicipal borrowing. Mm -hmm. Was the committee, did they have any discussion about carrying or, or lending the Town of Peace River money? Did that topic come up? Not as of yet, but that was a discussion that administration also had that when we can go back to the table to the next meeting on December 10th, that are, is that a possibility for okay. any of our municipal partners to right. provide additional? You. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question. In terms of the, I guess it's option two, and I'm just trying to get my mind around the, the, the financial implications. Currently, we are allocating one mil towards the arena fund for the next foreseeable future, but at some point, we will commit, stop doing that, or is that? What, what um, could happen with that one mil commitment is it could turn into your debt servicing amount. Part of it can. As you can see by the numbers right now, because the interest rates are so low, your debt servicing actually is not that bad. 50, 56000 on a million dollars is uh, one of the best rates I've seen in my short municipal period. So others may have seen even better rates. But um, So that one mil could turn into partial debt servicing and maybe that other portion of the commitment goes to... Would be freed to, up for operational or something else. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think we've got a, a 
a ton of other recreation, if we wanted to keep it recreational based, yes. other facilities that could use that money to be put aside for for those purposes. But I think the, the way that I was looking at it was that it would morph into sort of a shared where some would be debt servicing and some would cover off other um, improvements and operational. You know, it's yeah, gonna it's gonna too. cost you something to operate this place. So, yeah. you know, once we get it built, maybe you just keep that one mill and throw it into your operational side of it. So, there's lots of things to look at. Well, I guess you know, I, I tend to agree with you know, Councillor Needham. I think you know this seems reasonable, but the concern I have it's tying up, you know future councils for the next 25 years in terms of you know they're going to be very limited and stuff that they can they can do so that that would be a real reservation that I I would have on that whole basis mm -hmm. and, you know and I guess I was thinking well if that we free up part of that to go back into other operational costs that and it, makes and sense. it could yeah yeah and at this point um, there's nothing tying that one mill other than this council's commitment that's been made so there is flexibility in that unless I'm missing you're, you're tying them on the on the de, on the debenture yes. um, yeah. but you would in a fire hall in a shop in anything we look at that's got a big ticket to it we're tying the debenture to it so I mean the one mill is I would agree is arguable as to whether or not we want to tie people to that but the actual debenture I think we have to make a decision as a council and the debenture is the debenture and this wouldn't ne necessarily start whenever we agree on something here. It's no. whenever the actual debenture is deb actually almost a year after correct. it's signed off on, right? That, that's correct. And, so, just, yeah. and just for clarification, uh, assuming, I, I, one, I presume the committee has agreed with this number or with this strategy, so all representatives have agreed with. Is this an administration recommendation or is it from the committee? Yeah. This particular component is administrations. Okay. Each, yeah. uh, each, each council uh, is going back to their administration. They're going to look at their budgets, yeah. and their administration is going to say, here's our budget, here's our projected projects. They're going yeah. to do just what we did. They're all going to be different, obviously, right? So this, yes, this is the town of Peace River's projection okay. of how we fit into this. And your worship as well, just to build on the debenture theme with Councillor Burr, so... Um, this would have to be advertised, and there is a risk. Uh, you worry about tongue-in-cheek, we bought a ski hill that some of us didn't support, but that's here and or there. Um, this would have to be an advertised yes. adventure, so ratepayers would have an opportunity to actually vote this down. I would hope that wouldn't happen, but I, that's the fail. That's the, that's the other fail-safe uh, mechanism that's built uh, into this. I, I would think that before we actually got to the debenture stage, we would go public oh, with yeah. our proposal, yeah. and it would include all funding. Right, so that pe people knew what they were opposing or supporting. Absolutely. It would be a package, not a one-off, and that makes perfect sense to me. So you, you, you're voting on a total regional package, not on a singular decision by the council. Yeah. Board. So you want a uh, commitment for uh, eight million? Which is option 
three. Well, is option three your preferred option? Did you have a preferred option? She threw three options out there. The preferred option from rec or from administration and, and collectively the management team discussed this also. Um, so it's not just my recommendation also. But it, taking into consideration all of the department needs, uh, we would recommend the option three, which is at this point committing upwards of $8 million to uh, a recreation regional recreation facility which includes a new arena and that the funding allocation and whether it be a combination of debenture and reserves to be determined by council at a later date so it gives you some flexibility to move through the 2016 operational budget and capital budget process to reaffirm some of this greater picture um, that we're providing you so we need a motion Well, I think the, the motion probably, uh, uh, so you actually want a commitment to $8 million by mid-2017. That's what you're saying. Like this, you, you're saying $8 million to the whole project or? So in terms of a debenture being taken out at what level, that probably would not occur until 2018. Just clarification. Mm -hmm. But what we're asking from council is just, all right, does council feel comfortable with committing up to $8 million, up to $8 million for this project? And that's it. So if the project gets done in 2017 or 2018, not a big deal. The big deal is, is this council is committed to moving forward with $8 million so that when all the other municipalities put their money in, then we know exactly how much we can go. And there's still an opportunity of still getting grant money. Mm -hmm. And so that way, if we get grant money for one-third or two-thirds of it, then we might not even go to $8 million. We might only go to $4 million, you know, drop down. But if we get no money at all, what's the exact amount of money, period? we'd like to spend and the maximum we're recommending is 8 million okay. and and this again doesn't take into account any other fundraising or whatever yeah. that's, that's going to come in yeah. as well right, right? Yeah. yeah well let's not complicate it with fundraising so how much do you want it how much does the committee envision having in equity and then the rest would be debentures so are we are we looking by if people commit Okay, we commit $8 million, NSC commits 8 so-and-so, uh, County of Northern Lights commits so much money and, and MD of Peace does as well. Is that our equity pool? And then we, no. It, yeah, and, and I'm not sure we can answer that because well, at this point we don't know what that's it That's going to be yeah. your final pool basically that's going to say, you know, if we don't get any other funding, if we get no grants, if we don't get any contributions from anybody else, this is the maximum we can spend on an arena. So each municipality is going to be looking at their borrowing capacity and what they're willing to spend, much the same as what we done, have done. Sorry. Um, so, again, when everybody gets back together in the room at our next meeting, 
we're going to throw down and says we've got eight million to throw into this pot. Northern Lights is going to come and they're going to say we've got two. MD of you know whatever piece is going to say you know what, pretty small. Sorry, you know. So that's what we're going to do. Then we're going to look at okay, this is all the money we've got to build this complex. Unless somebody's got some other brilliant schemes, that's what we have to build, and that's all we can build then. Then we have to look at what we can get for that money. Okay, when when we when I talked about one mill every year, I I imagined it for quite a while. So we would commit that for quite a while, and it was sort of like okay, we need to build equity to to start putting the building up, but it was yeah one mill every year mm -hmm. until it's paid off, basically twenty years. So, but one mill is not necessarily a million dollars, right? But it's pretty That's damn correct. close. Wasn't it 900000 or so, year one? Very, very close, but, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I, th I think just to pick up on what's being said, if, if, if we put the million dollars a year for three years, everybody signs on for this. When we come down to dementia, we would take three million, subtract it off eight, and we'd dementia five. That's correct. That's what we would do. Yeah. And we don't have enough years, I'm, I'm sorry, in, we, in the front to build up year. enough equity. Are you arguing that that mill would be our debt servicing? Because I'm liking where yeah. you're going. <laughs> well, and that, that's what we're suggesting, is that whether it's one mill or half a mill, whatever right. that commitment. Right now we've made a commitment of one, one mill, which hopefully equates to one million, but might not always every year. That you can utilize that for your debt servicing, plus whatever's left over. Because right. typically, if you're doing uh, eight million dollars of of debt or um, debenturing, you're not going to need one million dollars. No, but I think servicing. that's what the mayor is saying. Is perhaps we look at that as our benchmark for the arena project, and that's what we have to spend. If I'm yeah. understanding what you're yeah. saying, yeah. so from now until 2017, mm -hmm. it's equity. From 2017. Yes to 2037, it's debt servicing. Is, yes. is, I think yes. that's what you're that's arguing exactly. here, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But are you saying debt servicing so you're lowering the term of the... No. No. So Increasing how... Increasing the amount of debenture. Oh, so you're saying $4 million plus $8 okay. million. Let's say we build it uh, in 2017, so it'll be four years. We've collected a million dollars. Yeah, 2018. Okay, twenty years. Yeah. So there's four million yeah. equity. Yeah. And then it's uh, and then it's uh, a million. And you want you decide you want your twenty five million dollar arena. Hmm. I'm just. Yeah. Or let's call it a twenty million dollar arena. Yeah. So that's sixteen million, and we would, assuming every year we'd raise from one mill, we'd raise a million dollars. Forget about the interest costs and all that. But you'd basically, you'd pay it off in 16 years, or you'd pay it off in 20. With well, but I, again, that's that's exactly the point. So that at the point that we take that debenture out, we're going to have four million sitting yes. in the account. Right. Yes. We're still going to have to debenture the rest. And you're right. If you debenture it over 15 years and you pay a million a year on your debt servicing, is the debt servicing and the debenture payment itself? Is that million dollars going to cover it annually? If that's, all, if that's all you're looking at doing, though, for what it's costing us to borrow that money, I don't think it's there's a lot of benefit to paying it off quicker. 
I think you're better off right. to yeah. keep the buffer and use that for operational or other projects within the community. Well, but as long as it doesn't limit your borrowing power for other things, right? Because if you yeah. tie it all up in this one project... That's no, true. I know, but I guess I'm just saying if we kept it at the four, like if we didn't up what we were debenturing um, and we were just going to try and pay it off sooner because we had a million dollars to work with as opposed to the 224 that we need, um, I think we're better off to just pay the 224 over 20 years and then leave the balance for other projects or operational or what have you. Well, and I think that that we're all boils... We're not paying 5% interest or 8% interest. I, I think that all boils down to why we're looking at option three. Because, right. again, the, the key idea, as uh, CAO Parker said, yeah. was what we have to do coming out of this room tonight is do we feel comfortable with going back to that committee and saying, we feel really good that we can come up with $8 million. Yeah. That's all you want, right? That's correct. Right. That's correct. So don't come back yeah. for nine... Well, and I think, I, sorry, I think that's 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 a good point, though, is is that right now with the debt servicing ceiling that we've got right now, that's all we can even ask for based on the, the projects on the horizon and whether we disagree with the numbers that are on there because I don't totally disagree with Councillor Needham. But or, or even agree with the projects. No. Or, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Right yeah. now, we're saying that based on what's on the books and what we have sort of in play or potentially in play, we can't go more than four million or four point five million at this point, or we're going to be maxed out at, at borrowing capacity. So we're still going to have a hard time finding four. Well, I think there's a few projects on here we might be able to squeeze right. four million dollars out of. Yeah. So I'll be on the record. I don't want our debt servicing uh, or debt to be. We can't borrow anything. However, I'm hearing two things here. I'm hearing that. Um, okay, we could agree to an $8 million maximum. And then I heard, well, if we get a grant, that would really lower our $8 million. I, I dollar even talk about grants. But I need to know if it's $8 million plus there might be more grants, so that ups the total of the project. Or are the grants included within the $8 million should we get them? Again, it rolls back to the we don't know. You know, if, if we get... If we commit as a council here to $8 million and then we get a bunch of grants, not even next year, but say the following year, something comes up, we've still committed to $8 million. So if we want to take that grant and say this is part of our $8 million, and then we take that money away to apply to something else, again, I think that that's why option three leaves us that flexibility to think about what's really on the horizon over the next year or so. Because really, realistically, we will not have to debenture anything for another probably close to two years or more by the time we get this out. The idea is we need commitment from ourselves and from our neighbours to get the project rolling because, again, we're back to the old time crunch, right? And by project rolling, do you mean like kind of shovel ready so in case there is a grant? That's another key part of it is to have <laughs> figured out exactly what we want and what we have. and, and Well, and, and it's going to take us a significant amount of time to even get this rolling regardless of a shovel-ready project, I mean, it needs to be shovel-ready if we have any hope of making these targets. So, I mean, really, we're coming up against a, a drop-dead point where we need to start making some decisions in order to have the facility moving in the right direction. When we had the architect here, what he did was he said, 
Yeah, he worked backwards. He says, what's the last date you guys could possibly still be under that roof? Mm -hmm. And then we worked back and said, okay, it's going to take this long to do engineering. It's going to take this long for construction. It's going to take this long for this. What's the earliest we could start? And that's where we ended up with, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but, Mr. Mayor, I'd be prepared to make a motion if that's appropriate. Okay. What's your motion? I move that Peace River Council commit up to eight, $8 million to a recreation facility which will include a new arena. And is it appropriate that I write the next sentence? The funding allocation would be a combination of debenture and reserve funds to be determined at a later date. No, I think just making a commitment to $8 million, right? Yeah. Okay. Just one quick note. Could we insert the word regional recreation facility? Which I'm By all means, regional recreation facility would be most appropriate. Okay. All in favor of Deputy Mayor Manzer's motion? Passed unanimously. I, do we thank do, you. Do we need recommendations, oh, right. motions for the other recommendations? What other I, I put forward a motion that the Town of Peace River with the Regional Recreational Committee advocate to the provincial and federal governments for a proportional contribution to the future regional collab collaborative recreation project. Don't you think that's way too early for that? Like we're, all we're doing is telling the committee you got $8 million, you can count on $8 million for us to plan what kind of relay you but why can't the committee start once they get the commitments from the other municipalities? Then they can go back to the province and the Fed and say, okay, locally we've got commitments from our councils for, right. say, $16 million But do we need a motion to for to that? Be able to mm -hmm. Do we need a motion for that? I would recommend that we put that off mm -hmm. until such time as it goes back to the committee and we can sit down and crunch the numbers and take a look at it because we will have to bring that final decision back here anyway, right? Yeah. Probably more importantly is is that we ask Mayor and Deputy Mayor to meet with Northern Sunrise County to talk about the capital cost sharing agreement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which was the That was third. also yeah. Yes, yeah. a topic on there, yeah. yeah. Okay. I withdraw my motion then. Um, the, um, it's new business. So the first item under new business is request. Um, are, are we making a motion then for Northern Sunrise, the capital cost sharing agreement meeting, or has that already been requested? Well, we, we always, we'll probably discuss it at the supper on what, Tuesday? Or when do we meet? No, the 21st. I thought it was Monday the 21st with Northern Sunrise. Well, we'll I hope so. That's what I've encountered. Well, we'll probably <laughs> That's what you're going to be there. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, open up discussion. Okay. They have their open house on the 15th. 15th, right. Yeah, okay. but then, we're, then we have supper with them. On the 21st. 21st. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to excuse myself for the new business item for okay. conflict of interest. Your Worship, if I could uh, request a quick break, there's one piece of paper that's not in this package that I had uh, requested. Um, it's not in that email either. 
Request um, granted because I need to have some supper. Do I need to re-excuse myself, or does my excuse from the break, previous to the break work? Yeah. All right, thank you. And the North Peace Navigators have made an application under the grants for groups uh, to the, in the, um, for approximately $16,000. Uh, they made a presentation to us, and there is a recommendation from, uh, from administration, uh, um, which basically trying to find it here, but it's basically uh, administration recommends that council not provide funding to the North Beast Navigators Hockey Club. Um, perhaps you can recapitulate or summarize your, uh, your reasons for that, uh, Ms. Bell. Or administration's reasons for that. Just to note, this yours. was the yeah finance managers is the individual who provides you with the reports in regards to the council grants application. So um, this was not my specific report. So if anyone would like to ask me questions around the arena portion of it, but I can't really speak on behalf of uh, right. maybe okay. CAO Parker. I, I believe some of the, the reasons for the recommendation is number one um, uh, the first thing is is the council is actually supporting the opportunity uh, for this hockey club to raise funds by selling um, the boards in the first place so if you take a look at it um, they have an opportunity per board to make up to approximately twelve hundred dollars per board um, when they entered into the contract they did sign the contract knowing that specifically that for every board they sold, they would have to pay uh, a fee. So that was the first thing. Second thing, we um, give them an opportunity on the running steps to advertise, and we don't charge anything for that at all. We allow them to do that for free. So that's another opportunity for their sponsorship. Could you just say that again, Chris? So the steps, when you go up the steps. Oh, those steps. You know, those little right. step, right. little I advertising. So so that's another way that we were supporting them. Um, and so th that was the, the, the basis of this. Uh, the organization does provide, uh, you know, some uh, economic spinoff. Um, but again, uh, council has basically supported this organization by allowing them to resell those, um, those ads. And they, they, they've done very well, as, as they said in the past. So um, to us, uh, we had sent this invoice off way back last uh, January. January. So it's not as if this was a, a request uh, 
that uh, had just happened. It, it was for the last season, and uh, this season, finishing off 2015. So um, that's basically uh, the, the major reasons why uh, um, that. And technically, this group doesn't meet the grants to organizations, I believe. Um, when uh, yeah, it's 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 quasi. Yeah. What for, on what basis do you think they might not meet it? Might not. Our discussions with the finance manager in terms of the focus of the council grant policy, though, if you look at our past practice, we haven't followed the policy to its um, letter of the law per right. se. So we've allowed that flexibility within the ground. The council has made that choice to allow that flexibility. So um, using past practice, it would fall within the grant. Using oh. the policy, it, it, the policy states that groups should be becoming self-sufficient. Right. Uh, so yeah. it was only the grants for groups policy, at least back three years ago, was or more five years ago. Mm -hmm was that uh, you you couldn't make more than three applications in a row. Yeah, that's Three years correct. in a row. Yeah. And the idea was you'll be self-sufficient after that and you wouldn't be making any applications, yeah. right? But in saying that, we have not, be, be careful with that because that's not right. how the policy has been utilized for decision-making on Right, the swim club others. seems to come every year. You have multiple events that come annually that are funded through the grant program. Right. So might be time to take a look at the, the grant policy so it could be maybe all-encompassing or broader for councils. Mr. Mayor, um, or Mr. or CAO, um, so if the, say, the sports club at the Aladares Center um, sold a whole bunch of advertising, would we want 25% or thereabouts back from them? No, they, the only facility um, and the naming rights policy that council just reviewed and passed was for town-owned and, operate, and operated facilities only, with the exclusion of this arena directive for signage, which has its own directive. Um, it's linked but not um, incorporated. So town-owned facilities that are operated by other organizations, we're giving them the opportunity to raise funds through a sponsorship internally and externally. Do we own the ski hill? Yes, we do. So if they sell advertising, do we get a... No. It's different for the ski hill. Yeah. Well, well we're, we're exchanging glasses. I, I thought that that was going to be the uh, policy on the ski hill was sort of, yeah, you, you can sell the back of those ski chairs. Mm -hmm. uh, we would expect some kind of commission or... No, the naming rights policy that just came to council, we oh, okay. removed the nonprofit or any of the leased locations to encourage those nonprofits to, to generate their own revenue to become self-sustainable. And, and, and hence, they wouldn't come back and ask us to pay for a furnace or a water bill at a ski hill because uh, yes. we've given them that funding opportunity. That was the rationale. And how's that been working so far? We just, we just started. 
<laughs> to be fair. So could, could we, having this round, Robin, I have paper in front of me. I, I need to explain this to me, Tanya. So yes. what is this? I'm not, I'm not sure. That is the uh, advertisement that has been uh, the Town of Peace River Base Tax Energy Center signage. Oh. So this is the backup information to the invoice that so, is so, submitted to. So my question yeah. is, so there's a list of vendors on there on Correct. the first pages. I thought I heard the presenter say that every one of those, or he thought every one of those persons knew they were donating $1,250 to the navigators. Is that, is yes. that what he said? Yes, so each one of these vendors, depending on if these are all... They're not all navigators. So yeah. There's this couple there that are Peace River Minor. The right, yeah, so, so no, right, so they're, they're coded. Yeah. There's a code on the far right-hand side, so oh. uh, I'm so talking. So back to Councillor Burr's yeah. question about who did the work, who puts a sign up, and who gets the revenue. So... Um, are we taking the position that if the white space is there, uh, our assistant director of recreation, Brian, would run out and sell a sign to home hardware and then no. reduce the operating costs of the arena by $1,250? Are you no. saying that? No. The and I, directive states it's for the nonprofits to solicit. And I think that that was one of the arguments that in the past year that Darcy Hogan brought forward was that until the navigators took it upon themselves to go out and sell signage, there was no selling of signage there. It, it wasn't. It, it wasn't something like the town of Peace River was doing it, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they turned it over to the navigators. Until they took it on, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, for the first couple of years I don't think they were charged. Um, and there was no, no agreement that they would pay back, right? Yeah. It, so what happened in approximately 2007 this came up as a, a potential sponsorship opportunity for the user groups. The town had been doing some of it previously, the Stampede. There was, it was sort of a very uh, loosey-goosey system. So it was one of those items that was brought forward as, let's formalize this, and they put in place the <coughs> Arena Signage Directive. For the first year it was put in place, they did receive an invoice um, in 2007. There was a period of time after that period, and I could be off on my years, but approximately 2007 year. Um, no invoicing was coming out of our office related to this signage. It should have been. They should have been invoiced. They, they weren't. They didn't. Um, we didn't go back to them for those years. Uh, one, we didn't have the backup, and two, at that point, you really can't. Um, we recognized our miss and then started invoicing 2011, 2010. 10, yeah. 10 11, right? And at that point forward, uh, enforced the directive that was in place already. So, again, you know, I mean, they're, they're falling back on historically. You know, they've done this. They, they go out, they do the work, they, they round up the people, and they round up their supporters, as they said, that support the navigators. Whether the curling, or not curling cup, figure skating club, for instance, could do the same thing if they chose to go out and, you know, solicit these people, probably. They would get some support. There is lots of space, and it's open to all user groups. At so, the you know, they could all be out there doing it. They're yep. not. 
obviously yep. if you look at what's listed here, you know, Peace River Minor Hockey has two or three signs they sell. Mm -hmm. Town of Peace River has a few, and that's it. The rest is all the navigators. So, I mean, the town does recognize some revenue from that if they paid, I guess. But, I mean, realistically, they're the ones that are out there selling it and, and, and getting that money, and that's how they support their club or help to support their club, I guess. So um, I really kicked this around for quite a bit because, again, I'm not necessarily one that thinks that we should be supporting specific groups. But in reality, these guys have taken it on, and they're, they're running with it. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, if we have that policy in place, if these guys are going to be the only guys that, that do this and we, re you know, let them write it off every year, do we need to change the policy? Well, I know at one point in time, like I'm a big supporter of the Navigators. I volunteered for them for six years. Um, at first, from my recollection, from what Director Bell has spoken about, at one point in time there wasn't enough room for all the signage, hence why they started doing board signs, if, I, if I'm correct there. I, that I'm not sure. However, when you look at all the other user groups that use that facility, have they been actually given that Apple, since this policy, have they actually been given that Apple opportunity and their fair share of the space in that facility to do the same thing the navigators do? Yeah, it's part of the annual ICE allocation meeting, the agenda item. It, it, the arena signage opportunity is always on the agenda <coughs> to remind the other groups that this opportunity is for all users. It, minor hockey might have chosen not to pursue it heavily because they focus on a lot of their efforts on the concession um, of which they pay us some monthly fee for the use of that um, fundraising opportunity also. So I can't speak of why the groups aren't necessarily taking on this fundraising opportunity but the navigators have full and successfully. That's correct. So, so you're just asking for a fee from the NAVs to tender, tender signs in one day? That's correct. Yeah. So if the kitchen stove breaks, who pays for it? The town does. It would, the equipment in the concession space is town-owned and maintained. And if the arena falls down, who pays for it? So... Uh, again, and if the navigators aren't playing hockey, then where does minor hockey's kitchen go? It, it stays put. Yeah, I know, but I mean, right? they, they wouldn't I, be using it, right? Uh, they would or use not it near for their own. For yeah. their own. Yeah, and they open it for tournaments, for figure skating events, for would other it, activities. Would, yeah. would it take a significant hit to their intake? I would imagine it would, because your game nights for your navigators are on average 200 people that come out so yeah. I kind of I kind of beg to differ that minor hockey would take a hit no I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw something out there um, I had a discussion with this with the president of minor hockey so for instance let's say the navigators weren't playing mm -hmm. what would happen with the ice time who would pick the ice time up all groups would be offered the time 
right? So okay. we'd go back to an ice allocation process and each group would give, be given an opportunity to, to pick up time. Because the ice time that we're talking about, that they, their prime ice time, the Saturday night, would be snagged up by minor hockey quite quickly. So when you look at people coming into, and this is where I have a little bit of a, discrep a discrepancy, um, when the I was traveling and I was listening to the uh, the presentation where they say, well, we have a town or we'll have a team that comes into town, they'll stay overnight, uh, go out and buy pizza, use hotel rooms. That happens once a year. When you're talking about minor hockey, they're coming in, they got families, they've got kids, they're going, they're doing that every weekend. Every time that I've worked, and like I say, I'm talking with a, with a council hat on here, even though I, I do support the navigators, is we're talking about taxpayers' dollars here, and most of you guys, when they come in and play a game, they hop on a bus, they come in here, they play their game, they hop on the bus and they go home. The Most of the revenue that you see coming in through the kitchen is from the fans in those seats, which those, I understand those numbers are significantly, significantly down as well. However, if you have uh, a AAA game there that night, you're still going to have the fans in those seats using that kitchen. So I kind of I kind of beg to differ that that minor hockey is going to lose out on revenue because there might not be a Navs no, game I, on Saturday. I, night. I would agree. I, they're not, you know, the what's going to happen is all the ice that goes to Grimshaw and all the ice that goes to Napa just comes back. Uh, I, I don't really see it as a, um, you know, I, I don't see this as an impact on minor hockey, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I guess I'm sort of talking on both sides of my mouth here. I mean, I'd love to see the navigators stay in business, but I, you know, I, I believe I'm the counselor that put the motion on the floor last time, and I think I mentioned to the group that was here, I think, you know, former coach, owner, player Darcy Hogan did a good job, and I guess we believed that uh, he was going to pull this out of the fire or the club was going to pull it out of the fire, but I don't know, three years in a row, I'm sort of running out of breath. I, I guess the other question I did not ask, and uh, it's sort of redundant or sort of irrelevant now, but uh, I, I heard 181000 and their re revenues, and I think 70 f last year, and I think this year was 75, so they're down 40%. I, I guess it begs the question, so if the revenues would have been as forecasted, would they have come back and asked for $16,000? But I, I guess it doesn't matter. But uh... The only other statement that I want to make, and uh, I'll just kind of put it out there bluntly. Now, let's say, for instance, each user group had fair share and those those invoices that were going out were going out. Let's say let's use your top. Let's say navs, figure skating, minor hockey. Let's say they had all ample space and they had each had a third. So getting uh, oh, I lost my train of thought here. <laughs> so I'm not really sure that those. You know, who who's to know whether they would put in the time to go out and solicit those kind of sponsorships either? But let's let's say they let's say they did. So let's say if you had the let's say you had a third, a third, and a third, and uh, you go out there and you solicit those. Now, if one group, for instance, whatever user group may came in and say, "Oh, I can't afford to pay my bill," are we setting us like, and we have in the past, are we setting ourselves up that? 
Like, if you do it for one, you should be doing it for all. Just like Councillor Sawchuck said, why do, do we have this policy in the first place? Well, it would apply to the arena, supposedly, but uh, hmm. my, my personal opinion is that we should uh, forget the signage policy and um, just let it go until we get a new arena, and at that point in time, regional rec people can maybe have a say in what they think that part of the operation should do for anything. Well, it's, um, oh, absolutely. So when we create an annual budget, it is based on uh, every financial opportunity that you have set up in, in your facilities and in the arena, the signage directive is one of them. So in the 2016 budget, we've allocated the average of the last couple of years for the signage program. So as we had done for the last four years also. But in, in, on that same token, some of this needs to be addressed at some point of if we, don't, if we have this directive and administration is sending out bills and then being Staff are taking staff are taking the hit. The question I heard this evening was, "What did, was the arena guys' recommendation?" The arena guys didn't have any involvement in the discussion on this recommendation. This recommendation came from the finance manager, so you're already seeing staff being penalized for a directive that um, we're at being asked to fulfill. So it, it's not fair to your administration to ask them to fulfill the directives and policies that are put in place and then on the other token um, not do so. So let's either address it in we grant it and remove the directive. You keep the directive in place and um, we look at collecting. And the other thing that I can appreciate is circumstances have changed for sponsorship in, in all sorts of ways. From all the galas that have gone on, things are down a bit. My biggest thing about the whole thing is, is if, we, if we do approve this for, for that group for $16,000, it comes out of the grants to groups or whatever. So what do we do next? Do we give 16000 to minor hockey because they want free ice time? What's fair to one group in there is fair to the other. And I think we're setting ourselves up for a... Uh... But we do things like the swim club. We have giving, given them part of the grants to groups funding for, I don't know, making a program or something. So yep. we've my, done odd things. Okay, my question is, does it need to be to the tune of 16? What if we went back and said, you know what, we understand where you guys are at. What about we give you half of that? We can't afford 16, but we'll give you eight. If you want to go down that road, I'm interested in the platinum number. <laughs> or zero. What's platinum? Six. I would do that if they'll sell us a platinum sponsorship to the town of Peace River. Here's your six grand.
So does minor hockey pay for their one? Like they only have one, right? Is mm -hmm. that the only other one that's sold? Is they the have, I think, about three. Three, three. I believe. They're not on, listed on here. The, on the grape chart, yeah. <laughs> I believe there's maybe three, even four. And the town doesn't pay itself, so. One of those was for sponsorship for Kenry Electric, did some work for us in kind. And then I believe the other one is a pool advertisement of our, our local pool. And there might be a third one. Basic operational expenses. So it's part of your, right now we're, we're at an approximately a 50% cost recovery. And we're damn proud of it. Uh, of putting up the signs or the operation of Overall operational something. expenses for the, for the facility operations. So your bottom line. So 16000 is a minor component of it, but it adds to that twenty. $2,000 approximately revenue that makes up signage, ice, rentals. How much do you get from ice rentals? Ooh, um, approximately 175 It could be even higher, but I'm going to use a conservative number. Our, our ice time rates for the adult rates are the highest in the region, so we're not recommending any increases there. And that's part of, that's part of their argument is that they pay quite a bit in ice time fees. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if we, if, so minor uh -huh. hockey, if, if the NAS became unhappy to the point they left, The youth rate, yeah. And, and again, we could speculate of who would take that time. I don't know. Um, you would offer it to all of your groups. You might get your rec hockey league might take some time. There's various groups that could access or would want that time. And, yeah, they, there's lots of groups. So I haven't yeah. been to an ice allocation meeting in 15 years, but yeah. they were rodeos when I went to them. Like, everybody was fighting for every available Hour so, and I don't imagine it's changed. Um, not so much a rodeo any longer because okay, an organized rodeo. Yeah, it's pretty. There's there's no wiggle room. Yeah. There there is very little bits of time available. So um, we sort of continue with the traditional uh, hours that are allotted to each group. When a new group comes in, as we've just had with uh, Ringette, has a new group has added on. There's another group to add to the list. They've, we found some time because a rec hockey group moved out and we found some available time for them there. So the other bulk user, large users, didn't have to give up any time per se. So 
Your Worship, does administration have any other information for council? Uh, well, I have a couple of questions. I mean, what's the difference then between the rates in Peace and Grimshaw? Like, it's to me, is it re unreasonable for the NAVs to say, okay, we can't afford to stay in Peace River, reduced ice cost, we can go to Grimshaw for less? Oh, you're taxing my memory at this point. Um, I can't tell you off the top of my head what Grimshaw's ice time is. It, it's within the range of where we're at. About but 100 it's, but to you know it's, it is less some you're not sure it, yes yes it is less than do they than have time rate. available for them that I don't know that I don't know well no but I I'm yeah. assuming that they would struggle through this year I don't I can't see them yeah. holding now so according to the piece of paper that I got from uh, mr. Wallace in regards to that ice time and this is why I asked for that piece of paper your user, your user groups are, if, and I'm going to go by, by memory here, your number one user group is minor hockey. Um, correct Where me if we I'm wrong, 15, 15 plus hours. Where are we talking about? The amount of ice used in our facility. It's a so weekly usage? Weekly usage. Yeah, so minor hockey is your top user. I don't know the number of hours off the top of my head. 15 plus. Yeah, your next group is figure skating. He's a major user. Um at least uh, two hours a day. Yeah, I, I don't want to throw out numbers. And third I was men's hockey. Yeah. And then fourth was NAVs at five hours. Yeah. And uh, the next user groups fell down like the ringette and roller derby and speed skating. Speed skating. Yep. yep. So, so, but the issue for you is you've got a directive. We're asking you to enforce it, and then when when you enforce it. We pull the rug out from underneath your, th those are my words, so I know that they're not your words. But, uh, fair enough, thank you. But, but that's really what we're doing. Well, and, and to be fair to the user group, um, we've asked them essentially to come back every time also. So that's the process we've directed them to follow. So if we're finding that that process is not working for anyone involved, then maybe it's time to take a look at those processes and update them change them eliminate them but we're, we're all doing the same struggle annually so maybe it's time to to take a look at why we're doing that and for what reasons right but if you lose yeah. 16,000 a year from your budget well and council will have to consider consider that through the budget process we, we cannot make that up in any quick fashion there we have no other sources uh, at an operational level at all I thought that's why they're here, so we were, you know. For the granting process. To put the grant yep. from, and so the money's yep. not coming out of the community service budget or the rec, rec budget, it's coming yep. out of the grant, grant, grant the group's budget. Yeah, but again, then you're asking them to go through another process and, as opposed to following the directive you have in place, so. Well, what that means is that we, when it comes to grants for groups, we better chop off 17000 a year right off the bat. Uh, so that, because she, mm -hmm. uh, the right, uh, Parks and Rec needs the seventeen thousand dollars to manage their budget. Like we, we've, we're saying that revenue you're accounting on, don't bother counting on it. Well, where's she going to make up the revenue here? Well, that's where I thought way back when we made that position for council that we don't just waive it because. When I first got on council, what would happen 
Yeah. We council had passed a motion to to waive that, waive and that. then Tanya was left scratching to come up with the money from because we waived all these revenue things, mm -hmm. and so that was the the logic behind the transfer, which again still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I would rather just okay, let's agree that's what we're going to do, mm -hmm. but. So I think I think you do make a valid point. We need to do we do we re revisit all that stuff if this is part of the ongoing. And we've got a number of clubs and organizations mm -hmm. that come back every year yeah. and ask for the same amount every year, and we prove it and go, you know, let's make a policy, and then then Chris can do it, and it doesn't ever have to come back to council. But uh, if we if we waive this fee, we need to uh, come the next budget cycle. Like what? What are we going to do every year? We're going to have North Peace navigators come and plead their plead plead their fifteen, seventeen thousand dollars. We give it to them, and then we shuffle money, money. But depending on what they else. do, they wouldn't be owing that. So they <laughs> supposedly would come for a different cause instead of that cause, maybe. If it went to the grants to groups, mm -hmm. um, 16000 whatever dollars. So here's grants to groups. That then gets transferred over. So you haven't lost. It's just the fact that it's come out of an internal town. It, it's shuffled, right? Yeah. But the taxpayer still pays for it. Your Worship, just to speed up the process, I'd put a motion on the floor to accept... Um, administration's recommendation and not provide not provide funding toward the North Peace Navigators Hockey Club. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know if I made up my mind yet. <laughs> <laughs> Have other people made up their mind? Well, I, th I think the NAVs are an important part of the community. I, I mean, when you think there's only 300 people attending a game, you know, that's an indication of level of support. But I don't think at any other event in town, or very few, they get that many people on a regular basis. So I think there is a, a certain core uh, that are doing it. And I, I'd like to see it continue personally. So I don't know if they agree with your motion, but I guess we'll see what everyone else says around the table. Well, I, actually, you need to make the motion in an affirmative fashion. Because it's a it's a uh, six-person council, so uh, so somebody actually has to make a motion to support the North Peace Navigators Hockey Club. Because if you make your motion and it's a three-three tie, well, it's defeated. But that doesn't mean that we the the money goes to them because it hasn't been put in an affirmative. Style. Do people understand what I'm saying? No. no. Christopher, Christopher <laughs> Parker says so. Does it his does motion is in a negative fashion? It says uh, his motion but was to not support it. So <coughs> let's say we take a not support it. I understand. And yeah. So it's a three-three tie. Well, that motion is defeated, but that doesn't automatically mean that the sixteen thousand mm -hmm. uh, is granted. Somebody then has to make the motion to support it, and if that's a 3-3 die, then it gets defeated. So I'm prepared to make that motion, but he's got his motion on the floor, so I... Yeah, 
So do you want to withdraw your motion? Because somebody's going to make it in the affirmative. And you don't want to make it in the affirmative. <laughs> All she's going to do is she's, uh, Deputy Mayor Mazur is going to make a motion to, to support the <coughs> 16,000 or whatever it is. And, and then it's a vote. And if, if, the, if it's a 3-3 tie, the motion is defeated. And, that, and then it's gone. Like, the, we don't deal with the motion anymore. But with you, we still, the question is still out there. Okay, I'll, with I'll withdraw my motion then. So why did, why did administration write a negative motion? But we can deal with that later. <laughs> so, Mr. Mayor, I am putting forward a motion that um, Council provide uh, $16,600 to the North Peace Navigators Hockey Club from the grants to groups. Okay. All in support of, uh, pardon me? <laughs> Can I make a friendly amendment? <laughs> <laughs> If, if the amendment is considered friendly, yes. <laughs> I, I, would, yeah. I would move that we cut the amount that comes out of the grants for groups back down to the $6,000, which is equivalent to a platinum sponsorship. Do you accept that amendment? So we'd only yes. provide a grant of six grand rather than 16. So, and, and that that amendment has been accepted as a friendly amendment. So uh, we'll we'll uh, call for a vote on that. All in favor of Councillor Sawchuk's motion. Two all against. Do you, what did you have well, to vote? I would like to see it more uh, higher rate. I think six thousand isn't enough. I well think then, well then you. Well, you, against you, you well, still have to vote on it. <laughs> you can now make another motion. No, because you can't vote on the same thing twice. Once, once we reject that, you, we can't increase. We can't have it. I can't bring it forward again. I've been here, done this before. Well, right now you're in contravention of the MGA. Can I have a recorded vote? <laughs> Well, I can't ask for a recorded vote. Uh, you know, after if, thing, if, I, yeah. You know, on one hand, you want to you want to stick by the rules, and then yeah. on the other hand, you, okay. you don't want to play by the rules. All right. Well, so. then I I am opposed to the six thousand. I think it should be more. But huh? so the motion was defeated, forty-two. Um, although in the past we've accepted other motions where well, I, I beg to differ on the. If you read this procedural bylaw, uh, um, I, yeah, I, I, I think by by unanimous agreement, you can bring it back. Um, I think by order of letter of the procedural bylaw, yes, the matter cannot come back to council for a one-year cycle, but it can be unanimous. I believe it can come back sooner. But again, we're a council of six, so I'm not sure how that works. Under the procedure bylaw, you can suspend or amend any of your rules for that time if you do have unanimous consent. So, 
Do you want to make a, another motion or not? Or we, we've moved on? Well, I guess the question is, so can, can I put a motion on to? Well, if we all agree that you can put that. I think what you'd have to do is put a motion on to bring, to bring it back to the table, right? And if that's unanimously agreed upon, then you can put another motion for it. All right. Well, then I'd like to put a motion on the table to bring the item of the assistance to the NAVs back onto the table. All in favor of the motion? I guess it wasn't unanimous. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, it wasn't unanimous. That's what I said. Yeah. So. So. Uh, the. Your worship. I, however, would like to put a motion on the floor to direct administration to bring the uh, signage policy for the arena back to have another look at it and make it uh, usable for all user groups. Okay. Um, all in favor of that motion? Against? So that's four to two. Okay. Okay, next item on the agenda. This is uh, it was, DMI. It was, was some yeah, I can step on it. Although I just signed the letter. Okay. Okay, uh, the mayor will excuse himself on uh, uh, new business item number two, uh, and I hand over the gavel and chair to the deputy mayor, uh, Ms. Nazar. Okay, so we're uh, new business item two, uh, which is uh, written as DMI. Uh, re remediation of landslide on Alberta Provincial Highway 986. So we have information in our package, but is someone from admin also speaking to this? Your Worship, if I may intervene, the... Uh uh, the company that's uh, contracted in the background, I have a conflict of interest with as my son is uh, one of their head people. I'd like to excuse myself. Mr. Parker, that's your yeah. choice, yeah. I think. He wants to. Yeah, that's my, my son works for that company. Okay. So. Uh, Ms. Adams? Uh, Chris, I had you as the presenter, but I can oh, present. Okay. I'm sorry. I Basically, um, uh, um, Council, uh, we received a letter from uh, DMI. They had uh, sent uh, quite a few pictures. Um, and if you take a look at it, they're extremely concerned uh, with the, uh, the the damage to the facility, the road aspect of it, and the slide. And uh, if uh, this actually uh, isn't repaired in a timely fashion, to um, the, the concern is that it'll become worse. And 
and then really cause some havoc in this area. And as you know, there's quite a few residents from uh, uh, that live in Peace River that actually work mm -hmm. for this organization, and um, it could uh, impede some. So basically, uh, it, the request is just to um, uh, support DMI's request to have uh, the MLA, Ms. Debbie Jabor, coordinate a joint meeting with uh, Transportation Minister Brian Mason to determine some kind of a workable path moving forward in the, the repair of this uh, this. Uh, Deputy, Deputy Mayor, I see this matter as uh, something that politicians do. It's largely administration. This is of absolutely no risk to this council. Uh, I would put a motion on the floor that council support DMI's request to have MLA Debbie coordinate a joint meeting with the Minister of Transportation to determine uh, steps forward. Should the letter come from the mayor? That, I was going to suggest that it should come from elsewhere. If he's excusing himself for conflict of interest? Uh, yeah, it would probably be the deputy mayor who signs this one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any other, Any other uh, questions, discussion? Well, I think the letter should also say there's a motion from council or something, just that way it divorces yeah. the yeah, mayor yeah. And, and Councillor Ford from any inferred conflict so of interest. So taking that under advisement, um, any other discussion? Okay, all those in favor? Nobody. Thank you. I think we should wait half an hour. <coughs> thank you. Pardon me. Thank you, Miss Adams. Sorry. Are you here for the other one too, or no? I'm just here to get some I, I'm also thinking that that letter that we're sending should be copied to um, the ten or so people that are, are listed on this other letter. I believe it. I don't know if it is. And that's and I don't know if it matters, but Chris and Arnold wouldn't be referred to as honorable. They would just be Mister. But I don't think we cc'd them in ours, did we? I think that was DMI's letter. Yes. Okay. Is, is this where is ours? We we already sent a letter, like we signed one already, didn't we? On that. There's okay, and I'll sign this off, but there's no CC on it. No CCs on it. They directed the deputy mayor to sign off on it. Oh, okay. Yep. We'll just, we'll just. Okay. Deputy Mayor does. Okay. Next item is a request for a decision regarding demol demolition of a duplex out at the airport. <coughs> My apologies. I thought that's the one we just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, you better step out again. Yeah, so I will... My apologies, I will excuse myself because my son is, works for Laverne. Sorry, I thought we were doing that one. <laughs> okay, so there's a, there's a, a, motion, a move afoot to demolish a duplex out by the airport. 
so, which is in bad shape. Oh, yes. Uh, I believe council has already received a report on the duplex um, and this, uh, basically the amount of repairs that are needed to get it um, to a basic state. Um, it's, uh, we, we do have money in our budget this year to actually remove it. Um, I did bring this uh, issue to the airport committee, and the airport committee says, well, it's bad. We know it's bad also. Just it's your responsibility to get rid of it. And so they, they um, basically, in order to demolish any asset, I have to bring it to council and ask, can I have permission to remove it? And uh, we, we believe it will cost approximately $8,000. And um, we can do a majority of it in-house. And uh, a lot of the fee will be just having to uh, uh, t take uh, the, the waste to the waste management. Uh, there is some salvageable items there. We will salvage every uh, item that we can. Uh, we do have a new, a fairly new furnace, uh, and then a, a little bit older furnace, and there's a few other items that we would uh, uh, dispose of properly using our, uh, our procedures that we normally follow. So what we're just basically looking for is just, uh, you know, just um, permission from council to, uh, to tear down this house. Um, the, the legal term is called attraction to danger. So if you have a property like this, and um, you don't have someone actually in it 24 hours a day. It's, say, for example, um, some people happen to be at the airport. They're waiting. They go cruising to the house. They break into the house. They injure themselves. We're majorly liable because of it because we have a, an attraction to a dangerous situation, and the house is, you know, kind of bad. So, Mr. Parker, you mentioned that this could be done in-house, so... The majority of it will be done in-house, yeah. So how many man-hours would that be? Uh, it, it should be uh, approximately about a day. One if day... If you had women working on it, it'd be half the time, right? One day to demolish <laughs> the, the thing? Yeah, you, you come in with a big... Uh, and just demolish it right in, and then you're just going to... We have a backhoe Well... I would like somebody to take pictures of that event. I would move that um, the CAO be authorized to have the duplex located at Peace River Airport demolished, including the removal of the debris at a cost not to exceed $8,000. Funds for the demolition and de debris removal are to be taken from account uh, 235-14-00-256-00. All in favor of Deputy Mayor Manzer's motion. I'm, of course, assuming that we can afford the 8000 <coughs> Okay. So the next item on the agenda is uh, uh, Reports, and this is usually the check registry. There's no, uh, nothing there. Uh, so we... Okay. Um, did we decide that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Was that a motion by uh, Deputy Mayor Mazur? Or? Um, pardon me. The conversation about the, the check registers, are we going to be seeing them on our, uh, we're not? No, um, 
one of the things that we, we looked at is how to streamline uh, some of the things. To check registry, uh, what we've done is any counselor has the ability to come look at all the registry. Plus, we also have counselors that physically sign off on all the checks. So that's how you review the check registry. Um, so uh, it, it basically was taken off, I think, the very first meeting that we had started, or the second meeting since I'd started. I guess, Mr. Parker, I, I question that a little bit because it's kind of counselor's convenience to see that list and question it or not. And I know we sign off on it and we do now look at the whole yes. set of paperwork, but it's just for convenience of questions. So I didn't realize we had decided we weren't doing that. Um, yeah, I wonder if it should be an informational item. I, I think wondering if the public is interested in knowing. These are all budgeted items. Like, you know, to me, when the counselors are reviewing, reviewing it, whoever signs the check, they're... They're not necessarily budgeted items. They might better be, be someplace, otherwise they can't be spending the money. It has, well, to, be, it has to be budgeted. It has to be. It's not, not necessarily budgeted at the beginning of the year, but it may be something that comes to a council and is approved, and then we... You, people don't feel that uh, the public would like to uh, see the check registry? The, the, the public's allowed to uh, come in at any time and review the check registry if they wish. Right. The convenience of seeing it on the uh, on the internet as opposed to coming in. If that's the case, can we just post instead of bringing it on the agenda? Just post it on the website. We can do that. What's the difference? Um, what, well, where would we post it on the website? Isn't it just best to put it under the agenda package? I just would rather a, just put it on the agenda and then it's there and it's. It'll be an informational, it can be under information. <clears throat> well, I, I, I'm, I, I guess having sat on council in four years, I, I, I don't think I've ever referred the council, the check registry to anyone except in the discussion of um, of a particular contract from administration services that council entered into, and that check was noted in uh, on the registry. But other than that, in my four years of council, nobody's ever asked me a question about uh, the check registry and what those names and addresses are for, uh, expense names, etc. That's not to say that it doesn't fit the transparent department, but um, I don't ever recall referring a rate payer, a taxpayer, or a company to that list to say we've paid the latest um, bill from uh, uh, from uh, ne ne Neptune on the water metering contract, and that was $330,000. It's just I've, I've never had that kind of query, and I've never had an opportunity to refer back. So I, it's not a big deal for me, but if it's on the website, I guess that's fine. Uh, speaking from experience. Well, people know that it's part of the agenda package. Do what, what do all the all the other municipalities still have a check registry, right? No. No? No, the majority that I've run into. I that I've, the ones I've around with. here. Yeah. The majority that I've worked with, no, not one has uh, the check registry on. Northern Sunrise County doesn't? The, the ones that I've worked with. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But 
even the County of Kings, which is a huge place, didn't even have the check register. Yeah. It's probably because they didn't have any trees left in Kings County to make enough paper for that. <laughs> uh, what does the County of Northern Lights do? They still keep theirs up there? Well, what, uh, it's it, in some ways, it's, it's just being transparent. Here are the checks we hand out, we signed. But if the check registry can be posted on the website, then there's no change there. I, I agree. I don't think we need to review it at a council meeting. I don't think I we need to find a new place on the website to put the check registry. Right. If it's going on the website, just put it with the agenda package under information, and people can find it if they want to find it. Yeah. But if we're going to find a new home for it on the website, to me, that's yeah, and that's creating a whole lot of work for something that used to just be part of the agenda package to begin with. I agree with the mayor. I agree with people being able to look at it. I like to look at it just so I know sort of what's stage things are at and what's happening personally, but I don't think we need to go find a new home for it on the website. But if it's part of the Genic package, then we have to deal with it at council meeting. Well, yeah, you put it under under information and... Uh, it's, it's the same as everything else. It's the same as we've always done it. Anybody got any questions about the check registry? If you do, you have an opportunity to ask the CAO what that check's for. If nobody has any questions, you accept it for information. It's easy. How is that? Well, again, it's just that additional time, time at council meeting. Do we have do we have to do that? What's the value with it? I I tend to agree with Councillor Needham. I I see no value in bringing it formally here, allowing people to ask questions at in, in a council meeting. Why not just post it on the website? If anyone has questions, they can look at it. The public questions, they can follow up with the CEO. Well, you could say that about the seven information items that are on the agenda. And maybe we should look at those too. I think it's it's a good sign of transparency. So, so, uh, so do we need a motion to put it back on, or no, if you want that, I'll put it on. That's the direction of council. No problem. Okay. Uh, it seems to be a bit of a consensus. Uh, Councilor reports, uh, verbal reports from council. Um, somebody want to start that off? So, Mr. Mayor, I attended the uh, Mackenzie Municipal Services Agency organizational meeting. Uh, Mr. Ron Longton will continue to be uh, the uh, chair. And I am ending up as vice chair. And um, then we had a, a regular meeting. And um, there are some discussions about uh, including wetland management in land use bylaws. So that might be something that will be forthcoming through our um, departments. Um, financially, the requisition for 2016 is to be the same as for 2015. Um, the COLA increase of 1.3% was absorbed within, so there should be no increase in what we owe to MMSA for 2016. Um, CAOs and other admin who have um, uh, dealt with MMSA over the past year are invited to, I think it's a luncheon on the 17th. And other than that, um, I had a question. Apparently, one of the communities uh, now has its cemetery maps on its GIS system. So somebody can go to the office and say, where's so-and-so buried? And the office can 
turn up that detail. So I, I don't know, does Peace River have that? Ms. Adams? Okay. What, what was the name of that site? Billion Grace. Okay. And uh, that was basically it for my meetings last week. Thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Mr. Uh, I had nothing last week. Councillor Sochek? I think the only uh, meeting of note I had was on Tuesday, the first we attended the airport committee meeting as a guest of the LRC. Uh, La Cardinal Regional Economic Development Board attended that meeting and then we had our regular meeting following that and that's basically it for meetings and uh, because the uh, the um, La Cardinal meetings deals with proprietary information uh, you, you can't share uh, uh, much if anything outside that, that committee okay um, as Miss Mr. Sachak referred to uh, the airport committee uh, met uh, on, was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday of la uh, this last week. Um, and we are, we are getting closer to becoming a, a regionally supported airport, but um, there were a number of items uh, that still need to be addressed uh, because there were some changes to the uh, agreement, the master agreement. Was it the master agreement that we needed to look at? I think there was a, a couple of, they were gonna look at all of them. The, the service agreement, the, um, uh, also the, um, they had a couple of questions on. The, mass, the master agreement, and these were, uh, when the lawyers took another look at it, uh, they highlighted some items including um, uh, dispersal of, of, of assets should should the uh, should the airport committee fold and so that needed that raised a number of questions and they are uh, the other councils are taking that back to their councils so um, we're inching closer but uh, there is no uh, no definitive sign-off on, on that, on those agreements. Did the airshow group show up? Yeah, the airshow group uh, showed up, um, and um, uh, a decision wasn't made. Um, uh, Mr. Parker was going to meet with, with the airport group along with um, George Leger from the Lac Cardinal Economic Development Board. Uh, <clears throat> and it was, there certainly was some interest from that committee because they saw it as an economic benefit to the region. Uh, it would dovetail nicely into MD of Peace's 100th year anniversary, plus the uh, what has developed since since that group came and saw us was the uh, Peace Fest will, will be uh, putting on their festival in 2016. So that 
opens up some time, uh, some an opportunity. So um, they, the discussion about uh, costs and how to break those costs down uh, need to be answered because I I think I, I think I I told the airport committee that we as the town of Peace River weren't willing to take on all the in-kind costs. Um, I don't know if like Cardinal Group can comment any further on that. Do you want to comment any further on that, Mr. Parker? No, no, no it was a, a very have you um, met with depth. Uh, no, not uh, yeah, no. No, you haven't met with uh, the airport group or Mr. Leger. Okay. Well, Mr. Ford. There was a couple of meetings I actually didn't attend was the uh, governance and priorities meeting on the 25th. I did not attend due to being ill. Um, also, I think there was a supper just this past week that I did not attend. I had to leave uh, town on a family medical. Um, I, however, did attend the grand opening of our new restaurant in town, Mr. Mike's, on, uh, on Monday. Um, it was a really, ni really nice place. Um, I think he's going to do well there. I attended that with uh, CAO Mr. Christopher Parker and then it ended up being a, a two-part opening and there again we went back on uh, on for the supper portion on Wednesday and I attended that supper with uh, CAO Christopher Parker and uh, executive assistant Ailish and that's all I have for meetings uh, and, uh, and the food was great. Well, I should just put a plug in here. That, uh, Mr. Mike says takeout. I saw somebody coming with a Mr. Mike's takeout bag into the hospital. So, so, <laughs> Mr. Bear. The only thing I have, well, one thing that hasn't been covered was the, the parade, the ch ch Chamber of Commerce parade. I think four of us were there. Right. Uh, I man, I almost was able to keep up with the town float as they, they spieled around there. The uh, I'm not sure who was leading the parade, whether it was the uh, the RCMP or the air cadets. But boy, you had to move to keep up to those guys. So, and then I also was there with a number of the other councillors at the Northern Lights. I do have a question for administration though. That typically the Chamber of Commerce has a luncheon the first uh, Wednesday of the month. Um, we used to kind of get a reminder of that or be notified of that. I don't know whether the chamber is not inviting us anymore or whether they just didn't have the meeting in, in December. Uh, this is, you know, kind of a general chamber meeting. So there was a meeting. There was one. So are we supposed to be get, receive, receive a reminder for that or like I didn't get it. So I assumed it was canceled. So I didn't go. I had been trying to attend most of the time, but. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing an invitation for me, but I'll, I'll take a look uh, okay. uh, if they're sending it, who they're sending it to. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. And incidentally, the air cadets were leading the parade. Were they? Yeah. Okay. Mr. Needham, uh, nothing for you. I, I had no business to report. Uh, a question though, do we still have a GNP meeting on Wednesday? Um, we do. Do we have any ideas or topics? I know there was some that was sent by Councillor Manzer. I, uh, I have no report. Right. Um, are, are there any other topics besides the one Ms. Manzer brought up? 
And uh, can those be deferred to another day, Deputy Mayor Manzer, if there well, are no other topics? One of the things I'd like, and I don't know whether it doesn't, probably can't be this week, is I would like to kind of update where we're at in terms of the implementation of the CUP report. I know we started recommendations, and that kind of kind of got lost last spring, and I don't know if there's been any follow-up. I'm sure many of those things have already been dealt with, but I just, at some time, I'd like to have a discussion about finishing off that list. Actually, I can just give you a brief update, but we're going to do a more extensive one. So the first thing we did is uh, uh, all directors were given a copy of the CUP report that was uh, done in an Excel spreadsheet, uh, and any areas that were reflected into their area, they were to uh, to fill up. There was uh, ones that were, were bringing back, specifically policies. You, you referenced to policies. So um, we listed uh, right now the... Oh, I'm trying to think, was it 56 policies? There's a huge pile of policies that need to be reviewed and new ones that need to be added. So that list has just been compiled. Um, so then the next component of it is actually look, okay, when are we going to bring each one of those back? So um, we're expecting to bring that whole package back to council at the very latest to February with timetables of everything. And uh, that should take up, the, the idea is to try and do every governance meeting, one to two policies, all the way through to the rest of the term. <laughs> so, and if you could just take a look at it, if you could just imagine, we did a couple of bylaws at the last governance meeting, and if you see still, it, it, it's moving forward. Sometimes uh, um, they take an extensive amount of time. And one of the policies, the uh, HR policy, is going to need a, an extensive rewrite. So we have a couple of combinations that we're doing in, in that one. And then some are small. That, that should be really easy to bang through. Uh, and then some are just clarification, you know. So uh, at, at the very latest, February, if not. Because we're expecting January to be very busy with all the budgets. Um, next week when we have the, the budget presentation to uh, <coughs> council, on the 15th, we're actually going to uh, propose a time frame for all the meetings in January and uh, how we'd like to proceed if it's okay with council. Um, because, we, again, we're, we are uh, trying to uh, get as much public involvement. Uh, tonight, what will be happening is you're going to get a, a real quick little demonstration of one of the components that we're going to be using. All right. Thank you. Okay. Um, so... Are there any other items besides Deputy Mayor Manzer's items on for the GMP meeting on Wednesday? Um, can those be deferred to another date? I'm thinking one of them is probably more appropriate uh, until after the budget is set to set the uh, the town the town slash city manager's uh, uh, goals and objectives. Probably need to decide what we can afford. <laughs> to have a achieve besides yes I'm, I'm okay with that I would suggest that we start um, making a list and maybe just um, sending them in to the to mr. Parker so that we do have a ongoing kind of if we keep come up with some thoughts on discussion well, he, item well, he needs to build a 25 million dollar arena on an eight million dollar budget that's one of the items so. <laughs> okay um, the, um, what do we have here? Um, 
exist. Uh, there's a counselor report, um, Brazo County's concerns over Bill 6, Deputy Mayor Mazur to discuss. It's included in the package. I don't know why I'm discussing that, but well, I guess you uh, asked for it to be on the agenda. I remember asking for Peace Library System, but I well could have sent other stuff. So, was, would this be more an, uh, an item that should be under included under information? I think perhaps. I, I frankly don't remember it. I would say that Bill Six has been on the news lots lately, though. So. Yeah, it's all here. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, maybe we'll take this particular item and make it item eight under uh, under information, and then we'll be able to uh, wrap it up under one motion. Uh, information Protective Services October and November events reports. Uh, so there's two of them together. Uh, any questions that people want to raise on those? Yeah, I have a couple of questions. So in regards to the uh, concerns that came out of the RCMP CAC meeting in regards to uh, my email request in regards to offenses and targeting those speeders on 101st Street, uh, Mr. Bushy did reply to me uh, with an email in regards to times and uh, the zones that these operators were operating in. However, the email um, said that they couldn't gather those stats for that specific time because my request is too early. But those stats now for my, from my email are now provided in the report. So I'm just wondering if Mr. Bushy now could pr please provide those uh, those uh, offenses specifically to 101st Street with dates and times? Uh, question I have, Mr. Parker, is uh, have, we have we determined what the revenue, what, what dollars will be, uh, does the town of Peace River get from global traffic? Uh, thank you very much, Your Worship. So um, just an update on that. Uh, I had a meeting with the, the uh, Director of Corrective Services and the Manager of uh, Finance uh, to try and reconcile the accounts. Um, then we ended up calling a couple of other locations to see how they do it. And then we actually phoned Global also. Uh, we were trying to get Global first, and we couldn't get hold of them finally. So Global actually does have a program to help assist, and they actually even have a PowerPoint program. So um, any new reports are going to go directly to uh, the director, uh, or sorry, the manager of uh, finance, and um, he's just working on reconciling it with them uh, directly. So I'm hoping it'll be a little sooner, but um, the manager of finance is going to be busy right up until right. Friday um, because we're putting together the final budget package for council. To, to send out um, uh, or give to you actually on Friday. So we'll probably be delivering them right to your home, the binders, so you have them for the weekend before. So uh, Thank you so much for that. Um, 
Uh, just a note that I think today I signed a check for Global for some, what, of 61000 and it seemed to be for three months or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, any, any other questions regarding protective services? Uh, Bailiwick? Just a uh, comment, Your Worship, in regards to when we were discussing with the uh, the medical co-response uh, back in the day there, just to take note that in the last two months, uh, the medical co-response calls were three compared to approximately 45 to 50 a month that we were getting previously. Yeah. Okay. Um, the addition of animal control, I think that's new, isn't it? That's good. Uh, CAO Corporate Services October and November reports. October, yeah, uh, there's two of them there. Are there any questions uh, that uh, councillors may have of the CAO and or staff? Uh, Mr. Parker? At this point, what we'd like to do is um, we'd like to demonstrate basically one of the uh, communication tools that we're going to be using, okay. uh, specifically for the budget process. Um, so, Adam, will, I'll take you through one of the projects that we're, we're going through. Okay. River what? Actually, why don't you just pop right on there, and then everyone can see it. There it is. If you want to take a look. Here, 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 take a look right here. Let's start softening. 
just a budget section of the website. Uh, right now it's outlining uh, how the budget process works a little bit. In the issues and services section, that outlines some of the key issues that are being discussed this budget cycle. Um, most of them are single expenses. Uh, under the services section, it's an outline of all the different services that are funded by the taxpayer money. Uh, the idea of this whole portal is just to offer a single, simple, I thought at peacefiver.ca slash budget 16 would be an easy URL to remember. Um, but yeah, uh, just a, as an easy one-stop shop for residents to come and see where their money goes in terms of uh, supporting different organizations, services within the town, uh, what the budget priorities are this year, and also an opportunity for feedback um, so that they can contribute their thoughts to what they think budget priorities should be this year. And uh, it ties in with another feature that we're paying for with a company called Citizen Budget. Um, Citizen Budget is actually the name of the product. The company is called Open North. Uh, it's an Ottawa, Montreal-based company that one of the products they produce is this budget simulator tool, um, which allows residents to go in. If you click on the link that I can't pull up here now, it's just not accessing. Is the screen switched over? Yeah. You're all seeing this? services, it's just a quick summary of all the different services that the town offers from legislative and council all the way through to parks and recreation, cultural heritage, and uh, waste water. And this is the, uh, this has been taking, so this is the citizen budget tool we've been working on with uh, Open North. Basically, we'll let residents who want to take part, um, they can log on, they can put in their uh, property assessment value, and they can essentially vote on whether or not they would increase or decrease funding to various services or um, budget items um, based on ideally whether or not they access those services. There's also a spot after each service to mention if you have any comments on the service, do you use the service, and where they can write down whatever they, they want and it will come back to us. Uh, at the end, so if you move a couple of these tabs down, let's say this is legislative, increase general men, essential services, increase transportation infrastructure, <laughs> and parks and rec. You'll see there at the top, it's now changed. It says you've increased your tax dollars by 77.35 a year or 3.91%, which gives us a <coughs> service level enhancement. At its core, what this tool allows us to do really hammer home a key message that services cost money. That money is nine times out of ten tax revenue. You don't want to pay taxes, you don't get services. You want services, you gotta pay taxes. It um, it's a simple message, but it's one that bears repeating. It can be. So that was part of the intention with uh this before council a little bit. This is our seventy five eighty percent complete version. 
that's not quite open to the public yet. Um, ideally, we'd like to wrap everything up this week so that it's all ready to go for Monday online, and then we can have physical copies because it's kind of going to take over now. Uh, you asked earlier today, actually, about what kind of... We can, actually, so people can input the info digitally, but we're going to have a hard copy version of this as well. Just a quick question, Adam. So if you're collecting data off of this so-called questionnaire, is it going to be strictly for, is there a way of making it strictly for town residents only? Yeah, we've got two, two ways for that. Um, at the bottom, we ask for some demographic information. I'm actually going to, to help us with SWIPE a little bit, I'm actually going to narrow down some of these um, categories when we ask viewers. But uh, we're going to ask for postal code, So if I go in there and submit it once and then I have a brilliant idea and want to change stuff, how do you, how do the stats kind of so there is, do stuff? Well, again, internally you go through, so an IP address would be <coughs> basically the same. So if I see, you know, the same IP address in there 50 times, you're going to know that, okay, that's the same person that's gone in there and clicked through 50 times. Um, but yeah, you, know, you can go back in and Could you just, while you're talking, arrow up to the very beginning part for the introduction kind of stuff? Thing. Um, 
be a legislative one. So would a hard copy of this be in our budget package so we've got time to look at it over the weekend if we get time or or, or access to it or something? Yep. Um, well, it's on. We can access it from home, right? Right now. Yeah. Yep. My only concern is that we have to be very upfront about um, our purpose in, you know, it's not a survey where majority wins sort of thing. Yeah, you, you say that already. In addition to gathering feedback, citizen budget is an educational tool. It demonstrates the balance required for funding choices between what the community wants and needs versus what we can't afford. And first of all, it says gathering feedback. So it isn't a, it isn't a referendum. No. And it's just meant as an educational tool, and you're pretty upfront about that. I. And I think when we present this, um, in addition to the online portal, uh, like on a, the component, this part isn't actually hosted on a, our website. It's hosted on the Open North's website. It's linked through our site. So when you combine this with the stuff that is on our website, the um, EastRiver.ca budget 16 stuff, um, in addition to the offline engagement work that we're doing, better not give it to Sandy Adams. Her IP address is out in Weberville because she'll be bumping this transportation infrastructure up to increase by $191. <laughs> Those little items right there give people really clear 
a very specific breakdown of where their tax dollars are going. So if a if a person actually put their proper their proper tax assessment value in there and then total up these numbers, that's going to actually add up to the number that's on your... It should. There's a, an error margin of a plus or minus $200 per $100,000 of assessed value. So over like a $200,000 home, it could be off by $400 a year, but that, that's unlikely. Um, we have one thing that did skew our numbers a little bit. Um, I'm just testing water, wastewater isn't on here. Oh, is it? Oh, here it is. Yes. So, water, wastewater gets a special tab because of the, the fee system, basically the cost neutral thing, but um, it still plays into our tax revenue. <coughs> when, we, when we didn't include water, wastewater, and solid waste, the numbers were off. When we did include it with the with or without button, the numbers added up. So, how can that be? It's cost neutral. You, they pay for it via their what the amount of dollars they spend on per cubic meter of water. Yeah, it had to do. I'd have to get the explanation from Alan a little bit more. He he, oh. he did a lot better. Um, you haven't tried explaining it yet. <laughs> Oh, because there's a debenture on some of the... It had to do with the, 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 <coughs> amount of, the amount of expenses that we had weren't adding up with the amount of revenue coming in, but because the, a, large, a lot of the money that pays for our water and wastewater system isn't tax revenue, like user fees, it wasn't um, adding up properly. Something to get against your tax bill specifically. Yeah. 
in there to say, you know, would you support it if it's a regional purchase where other municipalities go in and dump stuff in the river. Um, I'm still waiting to get some details on those. The ladder truck and the fire hall aren't actually in this version yet. They're just on our website because I don't have the details yet to put in. Um, most of these are There's something on here that says, okay, that's your municipal taxes, but your actual <laughs> tax invoice includes North Peace housing and whatever else it includes, education be, part. That would be a little um, outside the parameters of the citizen budget um, tool that we're working with, but within the context of our website, totally. We uh, put up all of that information. I'm going to be putting up um, that and a section on what is mural-based budgeting very much wanting you, um, all of the stuff that we do on our website is recycled. So explaining the North Peace housing fee, explaining the, uh, the, the items that basically aren't up for debate is something that is going to be useful year after year. So there will be a slot for that. Any other questions? And, and just to reiterate, this is just one tool we're going to be using. We're trying to, uh, with the open house, we're going to be a little more aggressive in not only using the paper version, but also explain different parts of the budget. Um, we're having a meeting this week to see exactly how we're going to be setting up the, the um, basically the items for next week. Um, and then what it is, is, is then also to allow council to sit back and, and really look through the whole budget process. Um, uh, next week, we'll also be giving you a uh, general parameters of where we think we would like to go uh, in the budget process when when we we present to you guys on the, on Tuesday, uh, and then if you know if, if if we feel we're hitting it right, great, uh, and if we need to adjust, we can, we can still adjust because we've got a month then um, before the, the formal debate actually begins in uh, January. So one one comment, and I'm not sure how you build this in there. One of the comments I've get when people start talking budget, it's they don't want to. You ask them where do you think we should cut and then the response is they won't say we want you to cut fire produce they say you want to cut fat well I've looked at the budget I don't think there's anything in there so somehow I think you have that have have that discussion in there and then you know have a place where write down where you think we can cut where, where you actually perceive that there is some place that we can physically cut that we're wasting money because I I haven't seen it in, in two years I've been on council yeah. um, and that's the whole purpose of that zero base part we actually did go through the way zero base worked that we started off with is it first went into the departments. So the departments went and they went through every line. Yeah. Then the managers met with the directors and then went through every line. Then they went literally to the department uh, uh, directors and the directors went through every budget, every line. And it wasn't one meeting. It was, uh, Poor Ailish the other day was just saying, oh, my goodness, I'm pulling her poor hair out. Um, it was an extensive process all the way through. And I, I, I can basically tell you, 
Yesterday we had just finished the capital, and we're going to do, or sorry, today we just finished the capital, just going on and on and on. Um, and we're going to do one more meeting tomorrow. We got one more on Thursday. Uh, each meeting is anywhere between, minimum was two hours. Most of them went up almost three and a half, three hours that we met, you know, uh, twice to three times a week. You know, uh, so we, the, the whole process for that zero base was to make sure, did we see, if you put in money for training, you couldn't just put $1,000 in. You have to say, what was that 1000 for? And if that 1000 was for a particular type of training, we asked, is it a need, a want? And if it was, we absolutely need it, it stayed in. If it was a want, then we start saying, well, why do you want, what, what was the return on that? And if it, it, they couldn't answer those questions, they were gone. And every line <coughs> went like that. So um, there'll be a lot more detail if you wish to see each line. Um, but what you'll see is, once you go through one department, you start to see the justification for everything. You'll say, hmm, okay. So you can decide to go through each line. But I, I can assure you, we've done that and we've got all the justifications for everywhere. Um, so that was one of the things. And what we did find during this process is uh, the, the codings. So some of the codings, some things were coded to the wrong GLs. And so you, you'll see some budgets that change dramatically just because of that. So when you ask, oh, gee, why is this one so much higher? It's because really it was cold way down here and it shouldn't have been, never should have been. And so we, we corrected it during this process. So that was the other thing there. Um, but yeah, it was extensive and, and good. So that was a uh, what? CAO corporate services. Oh, that was your sorry. Okay. <laughs> Little budget thing. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, you went over, but yeah, you went overboard on that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> We're excited. Actually, we, we yeah, worked hard. That on this is stuff. actually pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, does anyone have any questions regarding the actual report? Besides the fact that we got 32 new likes on our Facebook page. Uh, Peace Library System November highlights. Uh, being the rep for the Peace Library System, Deputy Mayor, would you do you want to underscore anything here? Um, just that. Um, I think we get uh, our library gets, if I'm getting this the right way around, five dollars eighty-three cents or something like that. It's either that or we're paying it. <clears throat> I don't know which. And I can't find my report here either. So there was nothing major. Um, things seem to be going well. They are always concerned about funding. Um, there is a, a little bit of a move in the library systems to really go after early literacy. And for those people with young uh, children, there's some program called Tumble Books, maybe, that is highly recommended. So... Take your grandchildren or your children in the library and give it a try. That's about it. Okay. 
the next item is engineering and infrastructure October and November events uh, um, is Miss Adams here as part of the record Gazette or as part of town staff <laughs> I just wonder if you want to underscore any items on this but my question still stands oh okay okay <laughs> <laughs> is the West Hill about uh, on track? The, the utility yes, yeah. So the lines that we're trying to move, will those lines still be there come the spring, or will they have been moved by then? The lines. Um, the water and the sewer, right below the. Uh, they'll be. Um, the contract does not have that in it to remove them. I don't mean necessarily remove them, but will they? The, the water and the sewage be flowing through new the lines? The sewer um, will be flowing this fall before they stop for the winter. The spring will be hooked up next next spring, or the, the water will be hooked up next spring because they don't want to uh, dig across the DMI Townhouse Avenue there because okay. of the frost. Right, okay. So... Uh, so what you but what you just told me is if that hill goes next spring because of wet conditions or something raw sewage won't be flowing down to the pines. No, we'll have a um, a really nice vac truck moving it. Well, we'll the sewage, it. but you just told me the sewage will be. Oh yeah, there. right. Sorry. Yeah, okay. We'll hook up hydrants for the water. Uh, I noticed that you had some problems in the water with the water treatment at the uh, reservoir what is it 475 yes so but that was a pump problem or level transmitter problem it was a combination of a few things um, it was um, there was some telecommunication errors between the booster station there was a variable frequency drive that was not working. There was a preventative maintenance problem that is now corrected. And there also was a valve accidentally closed <coughs> that is now open. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's your department, but um, the TELUS um, fiber business, um, is it your department? We're assisting them. Our okay. department's assisting them. Okay. Um, I had a question from a citizen today, and it had to do with um, uh, they lay, basically live above their business, and either they can't get the fiber to their business or they can't give it, get it to their um, domain or domicile because it's a business or it's a – do you know anything about that or how I – what I should tell them to – Try to I, I might have some answers to that. <laughs> I've been dealing with TELUS for since um, for probably close to five months to get that ish exact issue ironed out. 
because I work out of my home and I have my own service for my TV, my home computer. And I've been working my business off my home service and I've been trying to get a secondary service in my house for months. And they really, really, really have trouble with that somehow. Because, Mr. Mayor, I think uh, we're trying to encourage, um, yeah. in the downtown area, um, residents living above their businesses or that kind of thing. And if uh, there's this issue that doesn't seem it's, to... It's an issue with their different departments of TELUS mm -hmm. and whether you can have more than one billing address. I basically ended up having two addresses at my home, but it's still the same home. It's still the same street address, so I said, so what if I was a duplex? What would you do? You know, there would be two people, and so each one would have their own address. And I says, well, I'm two people. Give me two addresses. They mm -hmm. can't do it. So, Mr. Mayor, I'm wondering if the town could somehow contact TELUS and say, this is an issue. We've got a strategy here, and you're not helping it sometimes. I'm not sure that would help. It's internal to TELUS's operation, and they are trying to work it out. Actually, the guys, hopefully, when I get home tonight, will have it straightened out for me. But if I do, I'll let you know how that worked. I have a question. On, on the HydroVac, like on this page two, you talk about flushing errors and sewer flushing, and then down at the bottom of that, you've got sewer <laughs> flushing ongoing HydroVac. You know, Can you explain, like, there seems... Like, I understand why there's two things on there. And when you're talking about savings, are those actually talk, tax, dollar savings? What they're, Chris is going to have an extra $1,100 or 1111000 no. $1, next year, or is that just money that we, you didn't have to spend for the contract because we bought a HydroVac? Okay, I, I have to apologize. Um, that bottom one. Which is page on, is this on, or where are you? It's on page two. Or 71 of 83. Thank you. That bottom one should all be gone. Okay, all right. That's all been scratched out. I was hoping nobody would see that. What bottom one should be gone? The no, middle part. This one Are here you? is a duplicate. I had scratched that. Oh. But I, I see that if that's 12% of the sewers been flushed, that was our goal for this year, right? It was, and we're continuing this week. To do more. Okay. Yes, to do more. So what's the difference between flushing hours and sewer flushing? Like those kind of, to me, those kind of are the same? Um, flushing hours could be when we're exposing a water line break or a sign or something like that. So that's the total hours that the hydrovac truck is used for any type of flushing. And when I say flushing, it's the using of it. Okay, all right. Well, I'm glad to hear that we're... You're like talking pre-date when you have to expose something. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Good. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know all the details to this uh, membrane panel uh, particle counter taking your, one of your units down, but certainly uh, there's a opinion in the, in the regulated community that those particle counters are just random number generators. So you, um, I do know some people that have worked out some, some uh, allowances with Alberta Environment regarding uh, particle count uh, allowances during uh, 
flushes, uh, integrity tests, that sort of thing. So um, you might want to talk to your wastewater people, see if see if there's a yeah. I don't. It, it's a shame to have a whole system go down the go down when the particle counter is not reading correctly. Right. Properly. Uh, community services October and November reports. Um, any any uh, questions there? Hearing none. I'll go to. So there's uh, Alberta's climate leadership plan has been uh, put out. Or so, Mr. Mayor, I'm wondering if. Um, Administration is actively um, uh, searching for how to apply for 100000 in funding to uh, retrofit our municipal buildings, if that applies to us or could. It's the last paragraph of that. I've lost this. So um, you want administration to come back with a report when? Um it's part of the budget process. Okay. Part of the budget process. Fair enough. And uh, Indigo Pipeline Project. Plains Midstream. And uh, this is a letter to tell us that Indigo Pipeline slash uh, Plains Midstream is not going to go ahead. Yeah, this was the uh, the two pipelines that they were going to build from Carmen Creek to go to Nipissey, uh, just north of uh, Slave Lake. Okay. Uh, Mr. Parker, oh, I'll take a motion to accept these uh, items, and we'll actually include the Brazo County concerns uh, over Bill 6 as number 8. Uh, items 11.1 .1 through 11.8 .8 inclusive as information. So moved. Okay, all in favor of Councillor Ford's motion? Passed. Uh, notice of, any notices of motion, uh, Mr. Parker? There is none, Your Worship. Um, uh, we'll just jump to key communication items. So, Brian, uh, <coughs> what items do you want to get sound bites on? <coughs> or you think are interesting? Okay. So, who, anyone here want to handle that, or you want to defer it to me? <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. I thought the uh, yeah I thought the uh, tax um, opportunity or the uh, the budget the interactive budget uh, item that you mentioned was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I'd probably talk to Chris and Adam about that. Arena. And uh, probably the arena. Yeah. So That's a big we've, thing. we've uh, the town is is going to make a commitment to to put eight million dollars towards uh, towards an arena. Um, well, I guess we're we're in partnership with uh, we're we're discussing the arena with a number of our regional partners and. Uh, So maybe um, you can get a uh, get some sound bites from uh, councillors Benke and Sajak. Maybe interview them together right after this meeting. And uh, what else is worth getting out there, Adam? Uh, yeah, the counts the uh, directive on. Um, yeah, Councillor Ford put forward a motion to uh, to bring the uh, directive back to council for yeah, review. Did you elect a platinum sponsorship for them or something? No, we didn't do, do that. Who wants to take that on? I wasn't even here for that. So. Uh, Councillor Anita, well, if you need it. Okay. Um, if you if you're interested in that, talk to me. Anything else, Brian? Okay. You want a muffin for the road or what? <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll recess for five, ten minutes.